0: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness and Ocantoshin, powered by Celery and Monte Cristo number threes. The show that thinks that Stanford Chidges' bedtime stories around the fire pit are the future. They are the future, absolutely. Now, um, yeah, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, as you're probably uh, still aware, we are still in the midst of the international yawn, as I officially call it, um, which means there's no per se no chelsea matches to talk about so i thought as in true style it would be fun to do a bit of a q and a uh and actually what i thought it would be even more fun to do would be to do a bit of a q and a with lots of our friends uh from the discord group which is of course born out of the the uh, the patreon uh group um and that's what we've done i will introduce you to them later but before i do all of that um it's time to introduce the title of the show which I've mysteriously called S-O-T-U. Now, all of the Americans amongst us will know exactly what I'm talking about. The State of the Union. But actually, if you swap it round, it's actually Chelsea Fancast number 808, State of the Union. Those who appreciate their English music will understand what I've just done there. But either the way, tonight is the night to talk about the State of the Chelsea Union. And with me, as ever, is the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Great to be on the show. Is that 808
1: State? Yes,
0: J.K. Yes. Every but, week he does this for me. Well but, done.
1: But who 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 are? weren't they a, a rave band of the nineties? Yeah, one for the
0: one for the teenagers.
1: They did a they did a um, they
2: did sound and vision with Bowie. Well, they did a version of it with Bowie, if I remember
0: right. They did indeed. You can probably don't. Um, they did indeed they did I did they did some stuff with cold cart, they did stuff with the fool, but uh, there you go. Uh now as you've already heard, we've got the absolutely gorgeously lovely housewives choice, Mr. Clayton Beerman. Hello. How the devil are you, Squire? I'm really good, looking forward to this. Yeah, you're looking well. You're looking well. well.
2: I'm looking enviously. I can't actually see it, but I know that Liam's eating a pizza and I'm very jealous. Yes, yes, I can understand. You that.
3: should be.
0: Yes, yes. I'm it's, jealous of it.
1: Can Is I just it... uh, I've had smoked salmon and um, toast. Oh, it's so so decadent. Yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, share it
3: with you. So the what's people. your pizza Liam? Pepperoni with Thai sweet chili sauce. Ooh, nice. It.
0: Nice, Ooh. nice. Yeah. Nice. See, I've actually not not been very organized though or also very really busy, so I've had nothing to eat. So I'm actually consuming the staple uh, food of all podcasters, which, of course, is Guinness. Uh, So the show could go out of control at any moment, as you know, because that's what happened on Friday when I had a few. But anyway, so there we go. So we've got some sense amongst the chaos, which, of course, is the absolutely wonderful Liam Toomey from the even more wonderful and lovely Athletic. A fine, fine read, as you know. And I'm sure we'll be talking to Liam about some of those pieces that he's been writing recently. Um, but uh, before all of that, um, as ever, don't forget, you can listen to this show on Mixler, which is uh, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea fancast, where, of course, you can join in all of the chat during the show. Um, and if you want to join in the chat when you're not on the show, then obviously you go to at Chelsea fancast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We have lots of people in the house with us tonight, which is wonderful. And most of them, of course, we we know from Mixler because they're they're probably all in there now because I know a lot of the people who are on the show do a bit of double gig when they uh, they listen to it and uh, are on it and be on Mixler at the same time. But uh, we've all we've also well, I'm delighted to say that most of them are all Patreons as well, as well as being on our wonderful Discord group. So we we chat to each other 24 seven now, which is fantastic. But I'm going to introduce them all. So if they'd like to unmute themselves when I do and they can say hello to the Chelsea fancast world in no particular order. Uh, it's lovely to see you, Daryl. Hi, Church. Yeah. good evening, evening all. Lovely to see you. Lovely to see you. Uh, we have the wonderful Kenroy Justin.
4: Shit, it was my mate. Uh, well, go on. What's going on? What's going on? All the way from St. Lucia.
0: Lo- oh man, I'm so jealous. JK is very excited to see you, Kenroy. I can just look at his face. <laughs> the Barry Davis kind of style. Just look at his face. <laughs> uh, brilliant to see you, Kenroy. Uh, the lovely Paul Burgess is with us. Good evening and welcome. Lovely to see you, Paul. And we've got we've got the legend. The legend of the Discord group, I have to say, uh, is Mr. Chev. Unmute yourself, Chef. There I know
5: those things. I'm joining with the Guinness.
0: Oh, good man. I knew you would be. I knew you wouldn't let me down. We've also got the lovely Pierre, who many of you on Mixler will know as Keep the Blue Flag Flying High, Int North.
2: Yes, good evening. Um, I'm a bit of the baby of the bunch here.
4: I was just about still in nappies when Abramovich bought the club. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's brilliant to be
6: here. So evening, everyone.
0: It's really, really good to see you. And uh, we've also got an old friend of ours, the lovely Yarin Levy.
6: Hello and shalom from Israel. Great
0: to see shalom. you, Yaron. Last time yeah. I think I saw you, Yaron. you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure the last time I saw you was when we beat United in the Cup, didn't we? Uh, in- I think it
6: was before the 2017 FA Cup final against Arsenal in Victoria Pub. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was yeah. the Arsenal, the one we lost.
6: See, thankfully, when they ruined our double, they yeah, ruined our fun. double.
0: See, I, I, I've, I as you could tell, I've expunged that final from my memory, and I just presumed it was the the United win that I'd seen you at. But yeah, I did see you in the Victoria Pub. Absolutely lovely to see you again. Uh, we've got Jason Gasworth with us. Hey
7: guys, good afternoon, good evening. Here from the states,
0: Atlanta, Georgia. Appreciate
7: you having us. Yep, lovely. Appreciate you guys doing this. This, this looks
0: like fun. Yeah, you we haven't even started yet, Jason. So there you go. And <laughs> and the. In the-
7: and the pizza does look good it does yeah,
0: yeah you, you'll notice that i'm taking a long time to introduce you all so that liam has a chance <laughs> to eat his pizza uh great to see you jason we've got another very old friend probably one of uh i mean i i hesitate to say this because i always get shot down in flames but if i was a betting man i'd say that our next guest has been listening to the the, uh, the podcast longer than anybody on here and he is the wonderful brian justman
8: hey everybody uh Good to see all my uh, friends from Discord on here and um, glad to um, make you all jealous of our beautiful weather here in sunny California.
0: Oh, Whereabouts in California, Brian?
8: I'm in a town called Roseville. It's a suburb of Sacramento, about yeah. 10 miles away from Sacramento, northern California.
0: Yeah, Near all the good wine. Yep. Mm, and I'm, good beer. Oh, I'm very, very, very jealous. Great to Today see is you, mate. It's a good
1: day, though, Chidge. Today's good. The temperature's 60 degrees and it was really sunny. It's good for us. What, here? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, it's It's always
0: warmer in London, because you get that what I call that nuclear warmth, you know, all those bodies.
1: You haven't got that in Winchester. It's
0: been warm and sunny, but, you know, fresh. Oh, okay. Is how I would call it. Fresh. Apart from at Tesco's, which I had to endure for an hour this afternoon. But anyway, less said about that, the better. Uh, Now, I know we've got another chap here who originates from here, but is also living in sunnier climes, Mr. Loz, Loz himself. Hey, gentlemen. Good afternoon
1: from the uh, Englishman who didn't make it to New York but made it to Toronto. Close enough, I guess. <laughs> and it certainly beats Lewis Trust building. So we've come a long way and looking
0: forward to this evening. Oh, uh, Brilliant stuff. Great to see you, Lars. And another old friend of ours. Well, not old, not so much of the old, but definitely a lovely friend of ours. Jonathan and I know very, very well. The absolutely delightful Claire McConnell.
9: Well, hello. Um, also from Toronto, I'm really excited that there's another person from toronto on the
0: show i have no idea now whereabouts in toronto are you you you, you were well, now i'm trying to remember because rush did a song which outlined lots of boroughs in toronto many years ago sorry i'm getting all kind of geeky and nerdy on you
9: uh i have not heard the rush song lakeside Island, park an area called the beaches which the beaches. is by
0: the lake with yeah. a beach yeah. and a boardwalk lovely oh, there's a, i've been to toronto a long long time ago it's about time i went back uh claire always a delight to see you uh now last but by no means least a young man who has become uh, a legend on the discord group i think everybody i'm looking at now would probably they're all <laughs> grinning from ear to ear saying yes because they know who i'm about to introduce uh, we know him on the the discord group as mr stick but he is in real life brandon hello brandon Hey all,
8: I'm here in Baltimore and uh, happy to be on here. I'll try to try to talk a little less this time.
0: Don't worry, you see, you have no fear tonight, Brandon, because I can always mute you. Unlike on Discord, <laughs> but it's really lovely to see you. So there you go. So we've got a lot of people in the house. Lovely. To, it's really lovely to have some people to kind of like you know, kind of do the show with in a in a much larger sense and ask. Hopefully, ask us loads of questions tonight. But. Uh, in fact, what we're going to do tonight, for part one, you know, we're going to dedicate a lot of this to the return of the fannies. Uh, Chelsea and America bullied me into bringing them back, so I, I agreed on the on the basis that it would be once a month. I've got the results in from those, so we're going to go through those, have a bit of a chat about that. Um, hopefully we'll have a bit of time to uh, have some questions from our audience as well. Part two, all Q&A, just fire your questions in. The thing to do, as you know, I told you before, just stick them in the chat room and I'll and I'll bring you in one by one. Uh, part three, there are some emails I'm delighted to say. Uh, and I'm even more delighted to say there is one, Jonathan, from Midshipman Bayou. Ah,
1: oh, yes, yes.
0: And it befalls to you to read it even better. I must get the appropriate accent for yes, that. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, get get, channel your inner Midshipman. Aha! No, that's your inner pirate. Oh, okay,
1: yeah, okay, the alternative one then. I don't know how you channel your inner Midshipman. but I think they're very like that, aren't they? I don't I know. That's it. more left-handed. 1930s Midshipman would be like that. I'm thinking it's more Hornblower. Mutiny of the Bounty. Yeah, yeah. Hornblower, they all spoke in in Mid-Atlantic. They'd all be speaking like that, you know? No. Yeah, yeah, because that was um, a Raoul Walsh film. No, no, I'm thinking of the series, not the film. Oh, the series, yeah, I went up for that. I didn't get it. I don't want to think about it. What part did you go up for? Uh, who knows various various captains and and, and sailors who every time i went up for it i failed i didn't get it so oh
0: uh, i'm really gutted i'd have loved it even more if you were in it
1: i'd love to have been in it thank you there I'd we know.
0: go yeah there's always a tale uh part four we're going to round up as ever with more questions from you lot so get your thinking caps on uh i mean obviously liam is is i mean we're very lucky basically it just happens that the schedule panned out like this that we're very lucky to have Liam with us because he's got great insight and great knowledge. So we're really lucky that we've got him uh, so you can pick his brains. You can ask us a question if you like. We're not shy, but uh, by all means, fire away. Now, as I said, we've got the fannies first. Um, I almost feel like a drum roll moment coming on. Now, I've shoved them on Twitter and I shoved them on our Patreon page. And, of course, I've had chats with the Discord people. Uh, but our Blue Ribbon uh, Award is not Man of the Match. It's Man of the Month. So, it's who we think has uh, performed best over the month of March. And the nominees were Mason Mount and Golo Kante, Andreas Christensen, and Antonio Rudiger. And in reverse order, you lot out there, this is really from the Twitter poll because that's the more votes, all that kind of thing. Uh, Antonio Rudiger got 4.4%, Andreas Christensen got 22.7%, and Golo Kante got 35.4%. And Mason Mount got 37.6%, JK. So Mason Mount is our man of the month. As you would hope.
1: Yeah? Yeah, yeah, brilliant.
0: Fantastic. I voted
1: for Kante, actually. But didn't you love the way that the um, Albanian coach went up to him at the end of the England game and congratulated him? I thought that was a lovely moment. I thought He's I was... our next
2: manager, JK. Oh, is that the no, reason? Mason Mount. I the reason. know. that yeah. no, the no, Albanian, Albanian coach.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, of course he would be. He was just telling him, wasn't he? What's his name? He's surely only a couple of weeks away from the next manager. Yeah, because Tuchel's asked for about six players and Marina's said oh. no, and so he's leaving. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: OK, yeah. okay yeah. I'd like to pick up on that later. Um, Clayton, yeah. it's, it, it, you know, I don't know if... Because you weren't on when we were doing these, but I'm, I, would, you, would you broadly agree with those positionings? No. Which way did you I go? I wouldn't.
2: I would have gone Kante first... I would have gone a dead heat between Christensen and Rudiger, and I would have put Mason bottom. Uh, but I would have probably had about 5% between all of them because it's very close, but that's how I would have gone. Um, I think that N'Golo Kante's Cantes against Atletico Madrid is probably one of the best performances by Chelsea Blair I've seen in the last decade. Yeah. Absolutely outstanding. And, and for that reason alone, I think the improvement of Christensen and Rudiger is just beyond all belief. Uh, and Mason just does what Mason does. And I'm not saying that in a sort you're of... You're dissing uh, him, play. You're dissing him? I am dissing you, him, yes. You are. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like one of those very sad people. You are, you are you Mason it. Mount yeah,
0: out on Twitter, aren't you, now? I'm I'm just about to change into
2: my T-shirt. which has got a big, big red cross against Mason. No, I mean, Mason Mount's just great. It's great, but I do actually think that if we're looking at last month, I'd, I'd say those guys have, I wouldn't say they've outperformed him, but I'd, I'd say that they're as good as, if not better, I think, just from the last month. Mm. If you're talking about player of the season, I don't think there's any no no any discussion and, at all. And
0: we, we, actually, funnily enough, I've got my, I'm sure Liam's got his too, I've got my email from the Football Writers. Uh, it's the association, isn't it, Liam? Yes, yeah, because we get to February vote this afternoon, didn't it? Yeah, we got from dear old Macca. I, I'm, I, I worked with Macca years ago. He's a really lovely bloke. And weirdly, this is Paul McCarthy. He used to to be the sports editor of the News of the World before it went pear-shaped. But I had him on a TV programme years and years ago. And then I discovered that he, he, he comes from just up the road from me. And even more bizarrely, my best mate is really good mates with his brother-in-law. I mean, talk about six degrees of separation, but he's, he's a fine, fine jet Funnily enough, I'm going to I'm gonna vote for Mount in my player of the year, actually, Liam, which may be a bit biased and controversial, but I really think he deserves it. But uh, where would you have gone on the man of the month?
3: Yeah, Clayton made a very good case for Kante, even if his anti-Mount bias would just bled through <laughs> it every turn. we uh, <laughs> no, I only uh, got
2: one game. <laughs> I mean, come on. No, get him out of my get him out
3: my club. <laughs> I think Kante has been consistently excellent um in the last few games. He really looks like the Kante of old. And uh and he seems fully at home in the system that Tuchel's built as well, in the in the double six, as Tuchel calls it. Um he, he's always looked best in a midfield too, and now he's just got license to roam everywhere and Destroy And and he's a much better passer than people give him credit for. So I'd probably go for him first. But Mount is always in there, isn't he? Every month.
0: Well, he is. But you know what? I've got some killer stats here. Because I thought, you know what? I I mean, I was was actually basically prompted by the fact that I could see how the voting was going on Twitter. And everybody was going for Mount. And I'm thinking, well, I love Mount. and, And I would always vote for Mount no matter what. But the reality is, I don't think he's been as good as he normally is this month. So I went through a few various websites. I will not reveal their names to protect the innocent or the guilty uh, to look at their player ratings over the month and I did an accumulated uh, rating score for each of our nominees and you, the interesting thing is is that Rudiger came out, so basically there were one, two, three, four, there were five matches so I just added each of their ratings from each match that they played in together. Rudiger got 24 right? Mount got 28 Uh Christensen got 31, and Kante got 37, and the reason for that, so basically just to give you the matches, for Sheffield United. Christensen got 7, Kante 6, Rudiger didn't play, Mount 6. For Atletico Madrid, Christensen didn't play, Kante got 9, Rudiger got 9, Mount didn't play. Liverpool, sorry, Leeds, Christensen 7, Kante 7, Rudiger 7, Mount 6. Everton, Christensen 8, Kante 7, Rudiger didn't play, Mount 7. And Liverpool, Christensen 9, Kante 8, Rudiger 8, Mount 9. So it's, I thought that was really interesting. But it, it the, the other thing was it kind of validated the hunch that I had that actually Kante's really put in some sort of superb performances for us this season. And, I mean, you know, people were saying in the Atletico match, you know, absolutely back to, to kind of prime Kante. So I'm, I'm a bit – I mean, it was close. You know, there's like a few percentage points in it and it, I think it could have gone either way. But I reckon Kante deserved it, Liam.
3: Well – Chidge, I wouldn't get too scientific on those player ratings because, as as someone who started my career doing player <laughs> ratings at matches, yeah, but you're not- you, you get to you get to about ten minutes before the end of the game and you think, oh, what did the right back do?
0: Yeah, who and was you the can't right remember
3: back? anything. Yeah, I- you can't remember anything they did well or badly, so that's a six. I, I well, that's- or it's a five depending on where you are. But I- it, whenever you see a comment that just says worked hard, they. Journalists didn't watch them. I know. But
0: you know what? That's exactly why I didn't go to any of you journalists for the rating. I went to the oh, Ge- went- I went to geeky nerdy websites. Okay. Stats stats people. Yeah. So fair don't enough. tell anybody, because we all know I have to keep my reputation up as a man who hates stats. <laughs> but actually I did some geeky homework. But there you go. As I said it was close. Right, Guinness moment uh of the month. Uh the nominations were uh, Mendy's save stroke because I think he did two, the tip over the bar and the one where he kind of changed direction and palmed it away. Mendy save ze. Pulisic's amazing skill where he took out three Sheffield United defenders and then hit hit it straight at the goalkeeper. That wasn't part of it, the hitting it straight at the goalkeeper. Uh, and Mount's goal versus Liverpool. And the results were, this one was a Absolutely runaway winner. Mendy save got 12.8%. Pulisic's skill against Sheffield United got 142 And Mount's goal against Liverpool got 73%, JK. I mean, I, was, I voted for Mendy, actually. I thought he deserved it, but there you go. What do I know?
1: I, th- I thought you added the Mendy because you couldn't think of anybody else.
0: I thought it genuinely was fantastic and it made a massive difference to the match, as in it kept us in it.
3: I think Brandon just flashed up the moment of the month on his, on his background.
0: Oh that. really? I missed that. I'm not on Brandon. So what's he lit- done? It
3: was a little gif of the Thiago Silva. Oh,
0: oh, oh. oh well, yeah. You gotta wait, Brandon. Wait, that we're not on that one yet.
1: That's, no, that's the other moment of the month. That's Leon. the
0: that's the embodiment of what everybody always gets wrong. Guinness moments, moments of brilliant skill in the match that make me kind of go, oh. Yeah.
3: Hey, Celery moments,
0: moments of comedy or proper chalice-ness. Anyway, sorry. Hey, yeah. that
3: was that was brilliant skill from Thiago Silva on an injured calf not to fall um, down the stairs. Well,
0: that actually is our our hottest uh, or closest thing, but I'll get to that in a minute. Clayton, what I mean, I, I, I'm not disappointed because I, I think Mount's goal definitely made me go oh, and in a slightly sexual way. But I, I mean, you're a goalie. I, I, I was, I mean, I hope you're impressed with the fact that I voted for Mendy.
2: Yeah, no, I, I I am and I'm I'm impressed that you actually put it in there. But I actually voted for Mason Mount.
0: Bloody to even, even though
2: I hate him and I want him out of my club. <laughs> um I just thought that was a spectacular moment. I really did. I thought that was uh that was worth voting for. I mean both Mendy saves against Leeds were superb, but yeah, no.
1: And, and, and Pulisic was brilliant with, with that skill. though. he was completely brilliant, Pulisic. But he should just have, you know, the fact that he didn't score and he just rather pathetically attempted to chip the goalkeeper who was standing up at the time, which was a bit foolish. Was uh, took the gloss off it for me.
0: Did make me go. It made me go. Oh, no, well, though. yeah. Doing. But we
1: went. We. we well, I tell you what we did. We went. We went. Oh, look at. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> That's the
0: story of your life, JK. <laughs> That's isn't what we it? did.
1: Yeah, jeez. <laughs>
0: all right last but by no means least just to keep brandon happy uh maybe he can get the gif up again i have to say he's a i mean what what you may not know is that mr mr stick has, can we refer you to you for the rest of the evening as mr stick just nod Nod. you can speak 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 that'll do there you go uh yeah, Mr. Stick, he he comes out with these amazing uh, graphics and uh, pictures of stuff that puts me right on most things. It's really lovely to see him putting it in action with his backgrounds. But anyway, salary moment, which, of course, is a moment of comedy on or off the pitch, something that makes your old Uncle Chidge laugh or something that evokes proper chelsea what we would say evokes the spirit of what being Chelsea is all about. So, uh, in that vein, the nominees were Rudiger and Zuma basically telling Helmoza where to go after uh, Rudiger took a dive, having been elbowed ferociously and suffering from a broken sep- uh, sternum um, after Savage got sent off. Basically, he got him sent off, which I ma- really did make me laugh, uh, but not as much as him and Zuma. I mean, Helmoza tried, tried to have a go at Rudiger, and Rudiger wasn't having any of it, then Zuma piped up and basically waved him away. Off you go, little boy. Or, I, mean, I should be naughty and swear, but it, it had written over it, off you fuck which I quite liked, really dismissive. So that was one nominee. The other was, uh, as Brandon is clearly a favourite of, is a lovely moment, actually, uh, towards the final whistle when Emerson scored the last-minute goal. Uh, Silver, Jorginho and Mount, who all, all were not playing for various reasons, were seen uh, absolutely celebrating wildly on on the uh, the East uh, lower east stand terrace, very near to, to Liam, no doubt. Um, and then finally... Uh, a moment in the Liverpool match where um, I think he'd somebody had fouled him. I can't remember who fouled him now. but Rudiger,
1: Rudiger pushed him over.
0: Oh, that's right. Rudiger pushed Mane over. The ball went loose and Kovacic approached the ball and basically blasted it at Mane's head, which, I mean, actually really did make me roar out loud. So <laughs> you'll not be surprised to know that that's what I voted for in my... Uh, and me too, yeah. So you I don't vote- understand
1: why, why, the, why the, the referee they didn't look at it on the video. Perhaps it, well, he managed to make it look Kovacic. it's the classic actually, b- b- accidental ref, passing accidental it, passing it. Yeah, is it. yeah, is
3: it because the VAR couldn't believe that Kovacic would hit, the, <laughs> <I'm sure.
1: laughs> hit a target, <laughs> Liam? You just
0: to show that great minds think alike. I remember when we talked about it on the show, I, I said it's the only thing he's got on target all season. <sighs> So there you go. Pudum tush. He was
1: an inch away, though, chips so it would have been I quite know.
0: difficult. To miss, really. So um, I'll reveal, I shall reveal the votes, uh, which were 25.7% for Rudiger and Zuma, 36.4% from uh, for the players celebrating against Atletico Madrid, and 37.9% for Kovacic shooting the ball at Mane, and I will admit here that uh, I actually, because I have five Twitter accounts, I voted from all of them to make sure that this would happen. Because <laughs> at five o'clock this evening they were dead level, and I'm not having that because I thought Kovacic <laughs> shooting the ball at Mane was bloody hilarious, and and, he, and I, I I love him
1: forevermore for doing that. So there you go. If, if you look at Silva, uh, actually uh, on the on the film there, he looks to me as if he redoes his calf by by uh, stepping backwards. He he injures himself again. Actually, in that moment, there yeah. if he does it. There, oh, out oh, there it is! Just there. Yeah, yeah, I
4: know
0: that yeah. feeling. It's like me walking up the stairs at home. Liam, were you that? Were you at the? You, I presume you were at the Atletico
3: match. Um, oh, I'm trying to think because Simon and I alternate. So, yeah. uh, mm, no, I was not. No, I was at the she- I was at the Sheffield United game. I wasn't there. Yeah, so you'd Atletico. have,
0: had a, pri- you'd have a, had a prime view of that right uh, we've done about nearly half an hour i'm just wondering if uh, any of would any of you in uh, in our zoom session like to uh, chip in on what they think about the uh, man of the match or month man of the month salary or guinness moments just unmute yourself and bark and don't do it all at the same time because there's not enough room to do it on the chat room at the moment i'll give you five seconds one two three four five there you go time out
4: I just... Oh no! There's always one right at the end. Who was that? Speak. I just thought it was funny how Cheat said um, uh, Kovac- Kovacic's shot was his only shot on target all season <laughs> at Mane's head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you you
4: like your well? Thank you for
0: liking that, Kenroy. It's nice to be appreciated, but. Uh... It was bloody funny. I mean I I mean it's not often you get the chance to laugh out loud during a game because we're all so like tense and like ugh, but I I literally just laughed out loud. It was just wonderful. I do love moments like that. Jonathan.
1: Um well I I, I wasn't really surprised the way things were going because Mane couldn't couldn't deal with Rudiger at all. So it was like the icing on the cake, wasn't it? I thought Oh, he's just pushed him over. Oh, Kovacic's kicked the ball at his head. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, that because he's been, uh, I think at halftime, time clock put his arm around Mane because Mane couldn't deal with Rudiger at all. I mean, Rudiger's getting slightly mad in the German game this week. Apparently, he was um, he was going up to the opposition players who he'd uh, blocked the shots from and shouting at them in uh, in um, um, well disbelief or just German. the fact that it was... It was, yeah, in German, obviously, obviously in German. Yeah, but uh, I was thinking more his attitude. It's got really something of he, he's just getting more and more confrontational. I'm slightly worried that he will explode at some stage, but it has to be said that uh, um, he's improved out of all proportion and um, it must be down to Tuchel. I'm actually worried, in fact, that the picture of uh, silver celebrating may be what we remember him for if he's not offered another contract and he's too injured to play again for the rest of the season.
0: Mm. Well, look. Um, before we go to a break, um, I do. I mean, I, I, I'll ask them because, uh, uh, well, Brian had his mic off. Uh, Paul's got his mic off. Jason's got his mic off. Yeah, Would- I just
7: wanted to say, look, um, I guess the only thing we can be thankful for is that Klopp didn't say he could have killed him. I think that's something uh, <laughs> Sir Alex did a long time ago. You know, thank God he could have killed somebody. Yeah, and uh, Sir Alex. Sir Alex
0: being Jason. Sir Alex being the bloke who threw a cup of tea. Oh no, he threw a football boot at David Beckham, which hit him about here and left a scar. Did you know he that kicked, he kicked it? Didn't he? He kicked it. Yeah. yeah.
3: Incredible aim.
0: I recreated that. <laughs> on, I recreated that for a TV
3: program. I made Liam.
0: We actually recreated, like you know that you get on Crime Watch, those recreations of crimes. We did it like that.
3: Who... Did you have to get a load of extras to act horrified when well, on, on impact?
0: Sadly, most of the extras that we had who were kicking the boot were like Kovacic, so it took a lot of takes. <laughs> uh, we also have Paul. Paul, you've got your mic open. Do you want to ask something, mate? Yeah, I just wanted to say I'm glad to see that the Chelsea players have now got a bit of bullying in them, just sticking the boot in. We ain't seen that for a while, and it's it's what we need. In the days of old, we used to have it, and it's good that all of a sudden... we. They've got a bit about yeah. buy, buy about them now. Yeah. They they were they were great in that Atletico match. The shit is back, and we love to see it. Pierre, you're the last one. If you want to ask something, and then I'll go to a break. All right.
2: Thanks. Yeah, I was just going to say actually on the Atletico match. That's why Runiger got my vote for the celery, for the celery moment, just for the aggregate of all the shit over the two legs against atletico as well we we just out shit atletico madrid yeah. which you wouldn't have said about us a couple of seasons back you wouldn't have said we could do that so that's why he got my vote and just seeing suarez limp off was it after 60 minutes in the second leg because <laughs> yeah. he just just couldn't get in the game at
4: all yeah, because brilliant. of rudia so that's why he got my vote yeah
3: we, that's what that, that that's why um Simeone had no complaints afterwards that's the style of team he respects Chelsea Chelsea out Atletico. That's the only way to get Simeone's respect. Yeah. No, it's
0: massive. I mean, and we love to see it. I mean, as you know, all of you know me very well, and there's nothing I like more than a bit of shithousery in football. Uh and I and we were the masters at it for a while, and then Atletico kind of took the mantle. So to do it to Atletico, I thought was there was a real kind of Chelsea are back moment. Now we will be back uh in a minute for part two. But before we do that, my usual plug for a very wonderful thing. Uh, I say very wonderful logic cuz uh, Clayton and I both write for it but it's the CFC UK fanzine a new edition will be out very very soon I know this because like Clayton I delivered an article to he who must be obeyed uh at uh, actually do you know what Clayton I got mine in uh, I got mine in before doing the show on Friday earliest I've done it for years uh, ditto. I I got mine in on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, mate, I normally send them to him about five past twelve on Friday, five minutes after the deadline. But anyway, there's a For new... which ad- I respect you. I know. I, I, sometimes I get special dispensation from him as well, but I don't tell anybody I said that. Anyway, yeah, new edition will be out very, very soon, dropping in your mailboxes, I would imagine, over the next week, uh... If you want to get a copy, and you can get proper hard copies, uh, it's easy to do. You just basically email cfcuk at gate17.co.uk. Uh, each copy's two quid, which includes first-class postal delivery. Um, and it's well worth doing. It's the best fanzine there is, It really. And the quality of the writer... I mean, you know, I would say 60 to 70% of the authors, of the writers in CFC UK are actually published authors, including Clayton. Uh, I don't include myself in that because... I am not a published author, but one day maybe I will be. In fact, actually, I am working on a book, but I can't tell you anything about it because I'd have to shoot. Because you yet. haven't
2: finished colouring it in yet. Oh,
0: thank you. Ooh, hey. Ooh. I'm really I'm really hurt by that, actually. I'm definitely hurt by that. <laughs> no, you're not. No, it's the Anarchist colouring in book, actually. But yeah. from Ho-
3: I'm hoping it's an unauthorized biography of JK. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is a great idea, Liam. <laughs> Oh dear, (laughs) the the fun I could have making that one up. Anyway, enough Uh of this silliness. Um, Right, we will be back in uh, a minute for part two.
1: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters. And proper
7: chelsea
2: FootballFanCast.com
0: Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea FanCast. Uh, it's uh, a special edition tonight. I'm obviously Stamford Chidge. Him down there is uh, Mr. St- Mr... You're not Stanford Chidge, I'm Stamford Chidge. You're Jonathan Kidd, aren't you? Oop. Yes, and then the lovely Clayton Beerman, the housewife's choice. Hello. And the uh, the brains of an otherwise no-brain outfit, Mr. Liam Toomey from The Athletic. Hello. Hello. Right, so there we go. So we're in part two of what is, I'm calling a state of the union. Thankfully for you lot, that doesn't really mean I'm going to be sitting here for two hours lecturing you uh uh thankfully we've got more intelligent people to do that but actually the real special thing about it is we've got loads of guests we've got loads of people from all over the world people that uh, are patreons and are in our discord group who who we we see every week in discord and on mixler and they've uh They've come to join us tonight. Uh, I shall briefly name check them all because I'm I'm very kind and generous. But they are in no particular order: Brandon, Brian, Claire, Daryl, Jason, Kenroy, Loz, Paul, Pierre, and Chev. And Yarin has managed to log himself out, so I shall log him back in. But it's lovely to see you all in here, uh, and there's a very good reason for that because uh, what we really want tonight is for you lot to uh, to be able to ask some questions of any of us, really. Um, but I'm not that I'm not that I'm dissing the uh, the the three of us but we have Liam in the house who knows far more about everything than we do so by all means no he's shaking his head there we ask go Liam. Ask, ask Liam
1: ask, ask yeah. Liam
0: ask I know I've got a, I've got a I've got a um a platform in Discord that says ask Chij anything and, and nobody ever does
3: I don't know any. <laughs> I don't know anywhere near as much about obscure bands as you do, Chich.
0: Well, that's probably true, but not not something to be necessarily proud of, Liam, in this forum. But anyway, right. I'm just kind of running, running. Here we go. Um, Claire's asked a question, and I'm gonna. I will ask you first, Liam, because uh, you are you are a kind of esteemed guest. And Claire, Claire, would you like to ask it in, yourself if you can remember it?
9: <coughs> I think I can remember it. It was only one sentence. Okay, it's, it's the Let's uh, see. Cup um...
0: semi-final one.
9: Yeah, the Cup semi-final one. Um, who do you think uh, Tuchel will pick to play in goal?
3: Yeah, I had a look. I saw this appearing in the chat and I immediately had a look at last season at PSG to see what Tuchel had done there. Um, and he played Kayla Navas in all competitions. So he's already kind of deviated from what he, he usually does. He usually just has one goalkeeper and that's it. I think part of that is because Chelsea still want to, you know, give Kepper every chance and try and realise some value. But I think um, he'll go with Mendy. I think we're we're at we're at winning time now in the FA Cup, and uh, there, there's no room for picking anything other than your strongest possible team. He's made it clear that, despite giving Kepper some minutes. Mendy is and will remain the number one and I think you, you have to play your, your number one goalkeeper in an FA Cup semi-final against the team that's going to win the Premier League
0: you know what I, I, I'm not not that I would be surprised by that in any way shape or form because you know I think it's really important for, for Tuchel to get some sort of silverware uh, this season but I just, I have a, I don't know why Liam, but I've got a sneak, a sneaking suspicion he might play Kepper.
3: Yeah, I can't rule it out. Um, but I, I just think he probably should play Mendy. That doesn't mean he won't play Kepper. But it's, uh, it's just a, a very unusual political situation at Chelsea, isn't it? Where you've got the most expensive goalkeeper ever, who's had this incredible confidence crisis and is now at the stage where someone has been bought in ahead of him. And and Tuchel has inherited this situation, so I think it's a very, it's a very difficult one for him to navigate.
0: How 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 real? I mean, you know, you know this better than us because you you know you you're closer to the club than we are in some respects. But how realistic? I mean, how real are the politics at Chelsea in terms of you know any any pressure being put on 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 Tuchel to play certain players like Kepper?
3: I don't think it's as explicit as that. I don't think there's anyone at the top of Chelsea who will be texting the manager saying this player has to play um I mean there have been instances in the past where you know certain managers have have said you know interactions they had with Abramovich but it doesn't seem like that's the way the club functions anymore but when a club spends as much money as Chelsea did on Kepper, as they've done on Kai Havertz um and I'm not comparing those two situations because Havertz just had a little bit of a slow start. Um, there is there is institutional commitment at every level of the club to seeing a return on that investment, and part and a big part of the coach's job is to make sure that's realised on the pitch. And I think a bit it we know it hurt Lampard that um, that he was so adamant that. Kepper just couldn't do it for him. It Just couldn't be his goalkeeper, and it's it was an understandable conclusion for him to reach given Kepper's performances. Um, but it wasn't well received by the club. You know, he was he was told, "Why didn't you put an arm around him? You know, try and give him some confidence, build him back up again." Um, and of course, the the Havertz situation. There are plenty of reasons why Havertz didn't play brilliantly well in the first half of the season. But I think that worked against Lampard too. The fact that you've got the marquee signing of last summer wasn't looking like a, the generational talent that he'd been hyped as. So that's always a, a thing. I think it's a thing at not just Chelsea, at any big club, there are people whose jobs and credibility are on the line when you make a deal of this size. Um, so aside from any personal embarrassment, I think that you know there's pressure from the top down to to see these extremely valuable footballers look extremely valuable on the pitch, but it, it's not as explicit as saying, Too cool, you must play. Um, you must play Kepper, You must play Havertz or anyone else. Mm,
0: interesting. Um, Claire, does that answer your question satisfactorily? Uh,
9: yes, it does. I'm worried that you think that Kepper might play. The yeah. thought just fills me with horror. I know, but I'm, um, an, I'm
0: an old drunkard, so don't worry about what I say. <laughs>
9: Well, I had a conversation with our son, Tim, about this, and he originally said he'll play Kepa because he's very loyal. And I said, yeah, but what's more important, like loyalty or trophies? And I think the trophy is more important. And, I mean, God, if Kepa made one of those horrible blunders and lost the game, I mean, it would just be dreadful, so... Um, I'm just not going to think about what you said, Chidge. Yeah, well,
0: you know what? I think as it's Man City, I I, 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 you know, I think he, I think his head will rule his, his, his emotional sensibilities. If he was playing Southampton, I think he might have played Kepper. But the fact that it's City, you know, they're they're arguably one of the best te- teams in the world. So you can't muck about playing a
1: team like that. Boys, you got anything to add to that, J.K. Clayton? You, I, I just don't understand why why. Kepa hasn't demanded a move. Is it that he's happy with the money? Is he? There's back? no market.
3: There's no market for him, J.K. No
1: market at all. Where can he go? No, nobody would buy him. No, Little. I
3: but he's. I mean, he's a Chelsea wouldn't let him go for for nothing. You know, they, given how much they paid for him, he's on huge wages. Um, and weirdly, just looking around the kind of landscape of European football, there aren't that many Champions League, even top Europa League clubs right now looking for a starting goalkeeper. It's, it's quite. Strange, but that's just the way it is. So the, as my understanding was that in the last window last summer, um, they did look at potential loan options, Kepa's people, but they didn't really see any, um, and it would only ever be a loan because there's no question of anyone actually putting I, putting up enough money to convince Chelsea to to just cut bait and, and let him go.
1: Has he been uh, um, making waves behind the scenes? Do you know? Liam, or is he just no, accepted I, it? He's just accepted. I don't
3: think so. I think he's. Um, I think he's training. He's been professional. You know, he's he's trying to make the best of it. He's obviously not happy. He, came, he 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 believes in himself, and he came in, you know, willing to back himself to live up to this massive price tag, and it's all gone wrong for him. Um, so yeah, it, it, he he's clearly not happy with the situation, but I don't get the sense
1: he's being disruptive or anything. Now, for- just knowing his nature, as, as uh, Mr. Stick there has been playing. There, his, well, his uh, finest his, moment, really, wasn't it? When he dissed It's exactly his, his, his desire not to leave the pitch during the League Cup final. Um He's he's clearly uh, a character who believes in himself, but it's just... um I just find it really difficult. I, I feel for him when he comes on in these matches, when you just think, well, the, he's on a hiding to nothing, isn't he, completely? so the, the pressure's completely on him to perform well. And he hasn't been making the same glitches, but there is, unfortunately, he is now tainted with this uh, um, this image, as, as Claire has rightly pointed out, that he'll just make a terrible error, um, a really elementary error in a in a really important game, and so I mean personally, I don't think he should ever be playing for Chelsea again. But uh, um, uh, obviously, the club are keen to have him occasionally play just because he's in the he's in the shot window. So, but,
3: and the other part of it is unique to the goalkeeping position is that even he even if he gets his confidence back. There's the confidence of the people around him Absolutely. him. Absolutely. And you you know, you it reached a point last season where Chelsea's defenders lost confidence in him. Well, and, and when
0: happens, pitch.
3: yeah, when that happens, it it materially makes a goalkeeper's job harder. It makes mistakes more likely because you're just gonna have miscommunications and the these things are gonna be much more common. In fact and, and if the and if the stadiums were full right now, you'd be hearing it in the stadium as well, the the anxiety whenever the ball went near him. Mm, you uh, uh
0: clay
1: and, and i just say just one more last thing you just you just wonder in fact whether um some of our our, our uh, view of some of the players was in fact tainted similarly by the fact that he was being so bad in goal and they were really really reluctant to uh to pass to him or involve him in, whether their game their game d- d- deteriorated because he was the goalkeeper um I, I wonder whether the influence was that big as well what do you reckon then clayton to that um no like, i i think
2: I, that was one of the main things: was the fact that a goalkeeper and a defence are a team, and they rely on each other. And when the defence has lost all confidence in the goalkeeper, it's just becomes an absolute shambles. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and if you remember, uh, and who can forget, the game at home against Southampton, the second goal that we conceded was Zuma uh, and Kepper making the most. Dreadful mistakes, it it just you could tell that there was a complete breakdown and they just didn't trust him. Um, And he'd lost all his confidence. Now, I think it's quite interesting that since he's come back or since the games that he has played, there does appear to be a certain spring in his step, which I don't think was there before. Now, Liam makes a great point. I don't know whether um, it's because... Um, he's just found his confidence again. Or, as I actually it, ironically, in the article I've, I've written for CFC UK, I was just wondering what would happen um, had Kepa had that defense in front of him, the defense that is so mean at the moment. What would have happened to him in his career? Uh, because I think it is. I think he got to a point of no return, and I think he's actually very lucky to be playing again. But I, I've got a, I've got a feeling that he will play against Man City. I, I really I I just and I I don't think it's the right decision. But but one thing does actually spring to mind is the fact that this whole thing about the club and the asset is that if he plays in semi final against Man City and makes a decent fist of it there will be a chance of getting rid of him because people will look and not see the broken keeper that we had before for which there was absolutely no market. I know what you're saying, Liam, about there's no, you can't obviously point to anything in in particular or any team in particular that needs a goalkeeper at the moment. But what goalkeeper, what team would take that goalkeeper? You look at, you look at the Premier League at the moment and you look, you you can't tell me that there's one team who'd say, okay, I'll swap our keeper for Gepa
3: because there isn't. I think it would be Spain if it was anything. I think it would be a Spanish club, yeah. um, but it's just hard to pinpoint the Spanish club that needs a goalkeeper. I think his stock in Spain is still higher than it is over here because mm. um, yeah. he he was still Spain number one for quite a long time after his slide started. At yeah, Chelsea. he was still getting picked for Spain. I don't yeah. know. For, for, well, they, he missed on the last squad You missed out the, the fancy being
0: squad. fancy being a country that has De Gea and Kepper as your number one and number two way eh? you know so <laughs> England's not as bad as we think um brilliant well done boys um uh I, I'm gonna try and rattle through these people okay and uh Daryl uh has said that he has a question for Liam which he might want to wait because Liam... <laughs> Liam buggered off for a pee or something I don't know
3: I just had to switch the light on no Sorry, fair enough Daryl
0: do you want to do you want Posit your question to uh the, the right honorable liam to me
10: yes yeah yeah please um it's it's more of a general journalism question rather than a chelsea question because obviously chance to speak to a journalist but um i'm reading a book i think it was clayton that put us onto that book church the in my head pat nevin book
0: no, it was, um, well, it might have been, actually. Was it you, Clayton?
2: Yeah, it was, because I mentioned I was supposed to, um, there was a webinar that got cancelled. But, yes, that, that, I mentioned that. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but in that book, Pat
10: was talking about two types of journalists, sort of one that was very into the game, wanted to learn about the game. But the other side, the lazy journalism that just wanted to bang a thousand words out, go on the piss with the you know, back in the 90s, this was written.
0: Because that's a bit like me, Daryl. <laughs> go yeah. on the piss, bang a thousand just, words
10: out. Yeah, there you go, that'll do. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. But it just struck home this week. Simon Johnson put a, did an article with an interview with John Obi McKell. And within, oh, it must have been hours, Daily Mail Online Um, several online they sort of cherry picked a little bit of it got a headline and just banged it out it was just like it just seemed lazy journalism I just don't what Liam thinks does he feel flattered when they sort of grab their pieces and reprint them or is it you know get your own
3: it's a it's a double-edged sword really Um, I mean it's free promotion for the athletic which is a good thing Um, especially when we're you know we were starting from scratch originally so any any time as long as we're credited and linked, yeah. yeah then right, well. that that's the crucial thing. Um, we're at a stage really where aggregation, which is what it is, um, where you just aggregate certain bits of an article, and um, it's just common practice in the industry. Now, when I started in the industry, I, my first job was at Goal, um, and I did that. that was, it, it's kind of it's things that most most organisations that rely on web traffic. Um, yeah. have, have to do it
10: They were all online obviously they were all online bits There's nothing printed it was yeah. it was just better. you know they cherry picked the bit about Barcelona and the dressing room kicking off at, yeah. in 2009 it was just a big headline within hours of it being yeah. posted on The Athletic
3: Well the frustration is that the 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 frustration of it is that on the athletic we write thousands of words for a reason it's because we can put a bit more nuance and context into things that other people can't necessarily do and it, and it do. takes and the then, others
0: longer to read them
3: yeah exactly and that, but then you know you are taking something out of its context and running it on its own because it's a sexy headline and I know why people I know why it's done because it's that's just the way yeah yeah of course and that's like Unfortunately, that's the reality of journalism. And it's also why The Athletic exists, because we need to find another way to, to make quality journalism actually viable as a financial model. The, the reason why this, is, this exists is because if, if you just wrote a thousand words um, and had a really nuanced piece that had kind of a less loud headline, it wouldn't get the clicks and you wouldn't get value for it. So you need some sort of system where people pay for what they want to read. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I
10: subscribe. I, it's fantastic. Mm, it's yeah. Yeah. it's, I'm it's just, great articles.
3: I'm just hoping that, I'm hoping for the sake of the industry that it doesn't necessarily have to be the same as the Athletic, but I'm hoping there will be more companies like us or more companies that already exist that decide to do things. I mean, you're already seeing other media organisations, you know, the Times are behind a the paywall. They do a lot of really quality journalism. The Telegraph um, have a brilliant, a brilliant sports team. Um, who do some really good stuff behind a sport-specific paywall now. So I think it seems to be heading in that direction.
0: And the the, the really lovely thing about that is that The Guardian just asks you really nicely if you might like to donate a bit, which is yeah. so good. I donate
3: I donate to them because I want to see them still around in five well, years. Well,
0: you know, I grew up, I mean, actually, it's a very, I mean, it might not be an interesting point at all, but I'm going to tell you anyway. But, you know, I grew up as a kid. The reason perhaps why I do what I do now in this in this domain is because I grew up reading the back pages of the Telegraph, the Times, the Guardian, the Independent back in the day, you know, uh, and I, I mean, football journalists were as much heroes for me as the players on the pitch. So you know, when I got to meet greats like Liam Toomey, my all my birthdays have come come true. You know, no, but I mean, you know, I mean, I, no, actually, I'll, I'll share this with you, Liam, because you'll appreciate this. I went out on the piss with uh, Rob Shepherd, who became a great friend of mine, still is, bless him, and Danny Fulbrook too. And I'd gone mm. out gone out to lunch with Rob, and we got absolutely hammered in Soho, as is you know, what that's kind of what happens when you're with Rob. And Rob spotted Hugh McIlvenny walking down Dean Street in classic Hugh McElvenny pose, which is a great big dark overcoat, hair, grey hair, wisping kind of behind him, uh, clutching about six newspapers, juggling that with a massive great big cigar. He'd obviously been on the piss somewhere too. And I said, Rob, that's Hugh McElvenny. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, no, 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 it's Hugh McElvenny, Rob. And Rob said, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly Rob... And he said, Oh, mate, do you want me to go and introduce him to you? And I, I, it was like, for me, it was like meeting somebody like Messi. You know, it was, <laughs> I, I, I mean, and he did, and he dragged me over the road, and we uh, talked to Hugh McIlveni with his lovely, rich, Glaswegian voice. Very bad Hugh McIlveni impersonation. But so, you know, we don't want to lose that, I think. That's the point, because I think, you know, what, one of the things that Britain and the States have got some great journalists as well, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, we, we cannot lose that to little. Uh, Clickbaiters, um, you know, doing it from their bedroom. It's just not journalism as far as I'm concerned. Anyway, I shall get off my hobby horse and rant. But thank you, Liam. It's a great answer. Thank you, Daryl, as well. Um, I think Yaron is next up. He's probably got a question for Liam.
6: Yes. First of it's all, right, we're, not,
0: to... we're not bitter, Yaron, at all, you know.
6: <laughs> first of all, I actually have a question for you too, but maybe for later. Um...
0: Part four, Yaron.
6: Yeah. First of all, before I ask my question, I just want to say I'm, I'm subscribed to uh, to the Athletic and the piece about uh, Mikel and the other pieces are fantastic. And my question is related to the summer transfer window. I read all the time that uh, we are linked with uh, centre defender and the striker, but in my opinion, the the position that we that is the most urgent to To improve is the number six, as Tuchel uh, says. Uh, We have four players now at the moment. Uh, Billy Guillemot is the fourth uh, in the pecking order, I think. I think uh, Tuchel doesn't trust his physical ability. We have uh, Jorginho, which uh, I hear is agent, and even himself, uh, I see quotes of them saying they miss Napoli and maybe they will go back there. And Golo Kanté is 30 today, actually. So happy birthday! But he's uh, getting into this 30 years, wrong side of the 30s, and he's getting a lot of uh, injuries lately. And we have Mateo Kovacic. We have some other guys on loan, um, but I think this is the most urgent uh, position to to improve, as I say. Um, what do you think about it? Would we, do we have a chance to see uh, the likes of Gallagher next year or Bustus Chic or we're going to sign someone? I heard about uh, a player that we're scouting. I think Fabrizio Romano said, player from Palmeiras. Uh, this is what I heard. So do you know anything or what do you think about this? <laughs>
3: Uh, Sorry, I just saw Brandon's comment. Um, Thanks for subscribing, Aaron, first of all. Um, Yeah, I don't think Chelsea see it as the most pressing priority. Uh, I understand why you would, because I think you look at those players and if you're sort of planning the squad three years, well, five years, maybe even just three years down the line, the only one of those top three that you could look at and say they'll, they'll still definitely be or they'll, they should still definitely be a, a significant part of the team and the squad is kovacic because of his age you know Jorginho will be significantly into his 30s Kante will be into his 30s um so it, it that that position will need refreshing at some point um i just don't haven't heard anything concrete as yet that chelsea are looking um to to do that in this window i mean haaland is the dream the number one priority or at least a striker, you know, a a top striker to finish all these chances or to work with all these creative players that Chelsea have amassed. Um, Whether they get Haaland, we'll see. He has a lot of options. Um, The centre-back position, I mean, we were being told a month or two ago that they were going to be looking at centre-back, looking hard at centre-back. I'm interested to kind of revisit that situation with people around Chelsea now because... The, the improvement that Tuchel has brought at that end of the pitch has been pretty spectacular. Uh, and and all of the defenders that Chelsea currently have, including the ones that Tuchel is leaning on, are going to have big contract decisions this summer. Um, Silva, I think, will probably get another year, if I had to guess. Uh, it's not certain yet. But as Azpilicueta, Christensen, Rudiger will all be entering the final year of their contracts. So those are three big decisions for Chelsea immediately, and they've all been key players for Tuchel. Um, and, of course, you've got the Tamori milan option as well. Saar the Sarr appearing in... Cav. The game. Go Gerhi, Go- Go- I wrote about Gerhi Go- a week ago. I mean, if I had to make a guess of what's going to happen to, to him, I think he'll be sold uh, with some sort of buyback option, kind of like Nathan Ake because uh, he wants to play regular Premier league football next year and um you know there, there, there's not really things could change at chelsea but at the moment it's not looking as if that will be available for him at chelsea and he's got two years left on his contract i'm not sure he's going to sign a new one to go on loan so there's all of that at the defensive end of the pitch as well um so Ch- chelsea have other things in their head beyond that central midfield position and i know Gallagher was mentioned as well. I'm actually looking into his situation at the moment. Hopefully, might have a little bit more to say on that in a a couple of days. He's someone who's done very well at West Brom. I think he's definitely a a good Premier League player. Whether he's happy to come in and be be a squad player at Chelsea or wants to go and play regularly elsewhere in the Premier League, it's kind of another sort of Gerhi-like situation for him. So... Worth we'll to see, but there are a lot of players in that bracket around the fringes of this squad, um, and and Chelsea. I think sales will be at least as important as signings for them.
1: Loftus Cheek hasn't done very well. I've got lots of Fulham friends who just are very disappointed with him.
3: Yeah, it's it's difficult for him, isn't it? Because yeah. he, he had zero rhythm going into it. He's coming off a major injury. I know. I know the further that gets into the rear view, the less inclined people are going to be to use it as an excuse. But he's gone. He went into a a really struggling team that has had to basically reinvent itself um, over the course of the year because what they came into the Premier League as was nowhere near good enough to stay up, and now they are a team that might be um, good enough. Especially
1: nine low knees, haven't they got Fulham at the moment?
3: Yeah, I mean, they they, Scott Parker has basically revamped that team mid-season and. Because of how bad Newcastle are, they've got a chance. But my, that...
1: my friend says to me that what he hates about Loftus cheeky he says he'll do something absolutely fantastic and he'll get into the penalty area and he'll lay it off and not shoot. And I said, Well, it's the kind of Chelsea disease, isn't it? Well, that it, wasn't that well, wasn't
3: a problem for him at Chelsea though, no, Jason, was, was it? he, he no, scored he, quite he, a few
1: goals. That's right, he belted it, but he seems to be now doing something really excellent. He actually in fact said to me, if he'd scored any of the seven chances that he's had in the penalty area. They would be um, above the relegation zone, and that, and that's what they slightly despair of. And he switches off a lot and just wanders off, and uh, and and so he does it in bursts, which was slightly what was happening. I felt at the bridge, but this was this was post injury. I think pre-injury we were all really uh, um, thinking that we we had a, a really p- great potential player there, but I think the injury's taken a lot out of
3: it. The injury was so brutal. So brutal. He he was he he was becoming the player that everyone thought he, he could become in that in the final stretch of that season under Sarri, and he deserved to play in that Europa League final. I felt really really bad for Loftus Cheek for that. Um, ideally, he would have gone to a possession team this season on loan, not a team that's scrapping to win games, however whichever way they can. I know Fulham like to try and play f- nice football when they can, but it, you know they're in a relegation fight. It's probably not and. You, know, you spoke to people around the deal at the time. They admitted it wasn't the ideal situation. It was just about getting him Premier League football and getting his foot back in the door. We'll see with him.
0: Yeah, it's tragic, I think, what's happened to him. But it, it does happen in football. I mean, you can list a whole number of players since, you know, me, well, all four of us have been watching the game that's happened to you. Um, I think we should take a break because I'm I'm aware that, um, uh, you know, Sop with JK's butler is hovering around with his uh half-time libation and yes, uh roast breast of swan at
1: at yes, yes i'll be down in a yeah, second so there yes. you
0: go so we'll have a quick break yes,
7: yes.
0: um i mean actually because jk will probably go for a pee or something so we'll have time to uh, uh you know have a chat while that's happening and then we'll get back into the show but before we do that my usual plug um timely actually for the uh the chelsea supporters trust um we had a great weekend and i'll talk more about it later on about the big sleep out but uh um yeah they're doing some good stuff at the moment we had pat Nevin on the other week as well for a three hour q a which is just immense so if you want to join the supporters trust it is five quid to be a member uh what does that what does that entitle to you well that means you can vote in our elections you have the right to put forward a motion so if you don't like something that's going on in the club or you've got something that is a real hobby horse you can get that raised at our agm you could you can of course attend the agm in fact you can attend any of the special meetings that we have like the pat Having Q and A, if you are a paying member, um, but you can also be a non-voting member, and you still, you know, can participate in in what we do, which is to hopefully try and get the supporters' voice heard by the club. Trust dot com. That's where you can find all the information about how to join. And they are, of course, at Chelsea S Trust. And a very other worthwhile thing to do um, is to belong or well, not belong to is to purchase. A share in the Chelsea pitch owners, because if you do that, that means you'll have a share of the freehold of the stadium and that will protect it from being sold to a property developer or other pernicious being in the future, because the uh, object of the exercise is to make sure that we have football played at Stamford Bridge forever. Uh, the shares are priced between 31 quid and 210 quid, depending on what kind of share you get. So the cheapest is an electronic one, uh, right up to a, a signed, framed one, and you get it presented on the pitch. But uh, go to the Chelsea website and search for Chelsea, Chelsea pitch owners, and it will all be there. Right, we're um, great questions so far, people. What I'm going to try and do for the rest of the show is I'm going to try and make sure you get at least one question in each. Um, because I've just looked at my new messages, and it says 57. And and uh, much as I would love to be here until four o'clock in the morning, it ain't going to happen. Uh, so I shall try and cherry pick, but make sure you get at least one chance because that would be lovely if we could do that. But uh, we will see you all in a minute.
1: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper
7: Chels.
1: Uh
0: Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast, part three. I am Stanford Chidge, of course, and I
1: have with me uh, the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show with uh, all these wonderful guests.
0: Mm. We have the lovely Clayton Beerman. What he said. What he said. And, of course, we've got Liam Toomey from The Athletic. Hello. There we go. So, it's, And uh, apart from that, we've got loads of people uh, from uh, from our Patreon and Discord group who we've been hearing from, who have been asking questions. They will be asking more questions as we go on. Got another part to go after this. Um, but before that, it is time. Do you know what, J.K.? We need a sting, don't we, for this? We need an email sting, don't we? Can we nick that one from Pearl and Dean? Maybe we could nick a bit. I was thinking more Jackanory, actually. Oh, okay. After that big build. That one. Jackanory, Jackanory, Jackanory. Don't you remember that one? Trumpton,
1: could we have that? Trumpton,
0: no, that's totally inappropriate. Nog in the Nog. Either the Engine.
6: Yeah, perfect.
0: I love that. What's his... I'll, do, I'll do the train. Yeah. Who was yeah. the who was the bloke who used to read that? I used to Oliver, love... Postgate. Oliver, Oliver Postgate. Oliver Postgate. Lovely, lovely voice. I s yeah. I've got, I've suddenly just gone back to my six, seven year old self. It's just wonderful. Anyway, um we've got emails, people, without a sting, as you've probably established. And the first one, uh JK, of course, is for you, and it is from Michael Doherty. Well, you've, you've
1: thrown me in there, Chidge, haven't you, really, well, straight away there. Running order, part three, emails. Yeah, 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 good stuff. Yeah, I thought it was part four with all these guests on it here. But uh, but no, so la, uh, la, 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 la. Anyway, tell us quickly about this. every out, week,
0: Gide. see, now you can see it as well as hear it. You now know, what, what do you want to know? the up was it was no it, no i'm not um, going to talk you, you i'll carry on talking you go and find the emails just stick your thumb in no, the air I'm, early i'm
1: getting it here i'm getting it here okay i'm getting it here Here we are i've got number oh yeah i've got it here michael my is he doherty or doherty i say
0: doherty but you know well hang on chev's in the house chev's chev's an irishman chev how would you pronounce d-o-h-e-r-t-y chev still... doherty doherty yeah not doherty Doherty, yeah. Not Doherty, so Doherty.
1: Doherty, make a Doherty, <laughs> make a Doherty. I do uh, Greetings, kids, and the irrepressible J.K. It's
0: another listener lost. Well done, J.K. <laughs> another ex-friend of the fan cast.
1: Excuse me, excuse me. All my relatives are Irish, so let's not have any of that. Thank you. And, and my my uncle spoke like that all the time, very posh, malefist. You, repro- like,
0: you, you were all Narniron, weren't you?
1: We were all Northern Irish, yes, Protestant, yeah. proper, Protestant, yes. So it right. is. Was, yes, indeed, he didn't. He was very posh. He didn't say so it is. He said things like, what? Anyway, um, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Michael Doherty. Greetings, Chidge and the irrepressible JT. Who mean- the f- who the fuck is who the fuck is?
0: <laughs> I think he means you, mate. <laughs> oh,
5: okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: who the fuck is JT? You try yeah. saying that down <laughs> Stanford
1: Bridge, mate. You won't get very far. No, oh, indeed, indeed. for the wrong wrong thing to say, really. Yeah. Anyway, long time listener. Are you sure, Michael? Um, First time correspondent here. I'm a lifelong blues fan whose age can be determined by the fact that my hero is Peter. I've never, never called him the kite, Martin. <laughs> Osgood, no, that was just beyond belief, wasn't it? As such, I've measured out my life, proofrock like in all things Chelsea. Ooh! I've always been delighted by your appreciation and understanding of the importance of this club to overseas fans, whether that's Brian in Chicago or the many legions of Chelsea devotees around the globe. During my most most recent game at the bridge pre-lockdown, a chap in front of me turned around when he heard me bellowing out my support in my Irish as it happens accent. He visibly sneered when he saw the megastore bag at my feet before muttering something about tourists And his own journey from Wimbledon. The bastard. When I appreciate the effort made in travelling those five stops on the underground, I just wanted to offer a few words on behalf of the tourist sector. If following a club as a schoolboy, when all your red-wearing classmates are winning trophies, while all you can celebrate is a full Members or Zenith Data Systems Cup makes you a tourist, then yes, I'm a tourist. If, if travelling to five or six games a season for 40 years, beginning in 1980 with a rickety ferry journey and an equally rickety coach trip to see us play Preston North End in the old second division, I still have the programme with Clive Walker on the cover, makes you a tourist, then yes, I'm a tourist. If your nightmares are populated not by ghouls and goblins, but by Steve Guppy curling in that right foot shot past... Ed de Hoy, oh God, I was in line with it, I was in line. Or canoe hitting that hat-trick at the bridge, oh, I was there too. Or the agonising sight of JT slipping in Moscow ah, yeah, yeah, makes you a tourist. Then yes, I'm a tourist. And have been contacted on the news of Ozzy's passing to check thee were all right by as many people as contacted you with the same concerns when your own father passed makes you a tourist. You bet, I'm a tourist. There are many of us, tourists, chidge, who travel over for matches every chance we get and are accustomed to standing in airports at 5.30am, surrounded by hordes of people with Emirates and Chevrolet on their jerseys. Think Zulu, with the Chelsea fans as the Welsh, Welsh, Welsh Regiment. We're all Speaking going movie, to die! <laughs> Speaking of movies, as a final thought, another blues fan who hailed from this island was a chap called Sam Kidd, an actor for whom I have an enormous fondness. Notably, when he pops up in classic matinees, ranging from Scott of the Antarctic, he played Stoker Mackenzie to The Cruel Sea um he was uh, uh washed overboard that was the on the Charming telly jacqueline. that was on the telly this weekend it, the cruel scene nah, it was it was it, i haven't seen jacqueline about look at that one he was also terrific in the steptoe film during which he sang dear old pals and he froze to death in that by the way which i believe was the same song yes with which he and one for the kids tommy trinder used to regale fulham fans back in the day he knows his stuff Wow. Top bloke, top club, top club and a top podcast, guys. Cheers and happy oh, to chill, as only JK can say it. Michael D and other of those who were there when we were shit. Oh, I love it. JK. I love it, Michael. My... JK, I, I, love it. I think you wrote that email. I, I wish I had. I to. think you'd written I that
0: email I, and sent it I, in.
1: Except I wouldn't have called myself the irrepressible JT, though, would I? Oh, I, I think written.
0: you were just 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 sending us off the oh, scent just... there. I'm just joshing, aren't I? Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Sending us off the scent.
1: I'd love to have written that. I'd love to have written.
0: Brilliant email. Michael, you're an absolute
1: ledge, mate. And thank you, Michael, for Mm. mentioning my dad. Mm. Fantastic. So much. Thank you.
0: Listen, this is the perfect, um, you know, rather than me, Clayton, Liam, responding to this, this is the perfect time. We've got, I don't know how many, because I can't count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven people here might have a view on this uh, particularly those that are from overseas so um, just raise your hand and and, and, and unmute yourself if you want to comment on what Michael has said there in terms of you know the perception that if you're overseas if you come from overseas even if it's Ireland you are a bloody tourist Yarin Yarin you're going to unmute yourself I think he's frozen, Chef. While he, while he's unfreezing himself, you come in,
5: mate.
3: Uh, this, is no, like, this is like a Chelsea press conference now.
5: I <laughs> know, uh, yeah. Like I went to a Chelsea game there last year. We went to the Villa game at home, and the amount of Irish fans who were going to the game, even you just seen them with the Chelsea jerseys, you know. And I understand it, that some people might think it, but. We all support Chelsea the same way, you know. We're all blue blood, like you know. So, like, it's easy to say it, but we all love the club, and I don't mind hearing it. If people think if that's people's views, that's people's views, but it's not going to stop me from supporting the club like I do.
0: Hmm. Fair point. Um. Would one of our uh, North American friends, or even? solution friends like to comment on what it's like have you ever had any grief when you've come over i mean claire we've seen you over quite a few times haven't we
9: yes we have but i consider myself british
0: well you yeah,
9: see
0: yeah. <laughs> so you get away with it because you sound well you uh, are british so you know of course you sound well, british. well
7: yeah yes yes
0: what about some of the yanks jason you're un- unmuted
7: yeah I, i've only been over there once um i didn't feel anything but welcomed um, you were certainly very friendly even jk was a bit friendly
0: even jk was friendly um, Crikey.
7: You're, even, you're, a, yeah, even yeah even yeah. you were
0: lucky mate you should see him on a bad very day very lucky
1: i can't i can't believe it <laughs>
7: uh, we, i think we have we, a, i just i just come to it with respect you know it's, it's your club i look right. at it you guys welcome us in and um you have much more of a history than we do and uh i just have felt welcomed um not I am a I am a bloody tourist but I still felt welcomed.
0: I mean this is where I would I would I would really take issue. I mean because I th- I think that the tourist thing is is a load of old arse gravy because there are without doubt people who do come to Chelsea who are tourists, you know, it's part of the modern game but I would say that none of you lot are anywhere close to being tourists because you you have a passion and loving for this club. Uh, Equal, if not more than me, J.K. and uh, and uh, and Clayton. You know, I mean, you listen to podcasts assiduously. You read all the stories about Chelsea. You're all over it. You, whenever you come over, if you've been lucky enough to come over, you you just take in every moment of it. That is not being a tourist. That is that is absolutely die hard supporter, Kenroy.
4: I was just going to say, Chidge. Um, even though I. Uh, just interestingly, I supported just, uh, Chelsea since about 2001. But interestingly, when I was in a house of cavalry, I actually li- lived in Knightsbridge. So it turned out Chelsea turned out to be my local club. So <laughs> you were in the <laughs> royal borough.
0: You a... were in the royal borough, Kenroy.
4: Yeah. 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 I was about 15 minutes away. Went to watch a couple of games. Um, but, yeah, it, I, um, I I always told people as well, I mean, you know, what part of Chelsea was Didier Drogba from and what part of Chelsea is uh, Roman Abramovich from. So, you know, it just goes to show it's a world game now. And the players are foreign, the owner is foreign, the um, um, direct marina is foreign. So it's kind of takes that stuff out of it, isn't it? You know I mean? Mm-hmm. um it's it, it's just one big family thing now. It, it doesn't matter where you're from anymore, does it? No, I would see I would like the l- club how you support it.
0: I would like to. I would like to think so, Clayton. I mean, you've been supporting Chelsea uh, long before I ever did, uh, from the '60s, and you've seen it change a lot. I mean, my own my own perception of this is that it's like it's like anything in society, isn't it? When when people, I mean, I remember this when I used to be into bands. You know, I used to love discovering a new band you know and they were our band me and my mate's band and we used to go and see them every other week and then suddenly they'd explode and become really really famous He He'd get really pissed off because everybody else liked them and they weren't my band anymore i think there's a bit of that going on but i mean what what do you think mate you've been here you've been watching chelsea i mean only jonathan's been watching them longer than you so you've seen it change what do you think about it
2: yeah so i i think it's changed um only because it's everything is so much more accessible. And when when I started watching, we had the newspaper, and we had the radio, and we had the telly, which I know we've all got now. But you basically things like something as basic as as like you didn't see any photographs <laughs> from a game you'd basically hear about a game or, you you know, if if the game wasn't on telly uh, or the highlights weren't on telly, you just read about it and you'd be lucky if there was like one black and white photo from the game if you weren't there, especially the away games because obviously when you're quite young, you don't go to away games. So it's difficult to sort of put a a finger on when things changed. I think the major thing was when... uh, stadium became all-seater stadium I think that's and, and a lot of people were being priced out and perhaps once that happened other people who weren't regulars and as you say tourists you know they became more noticeable um but, you know, when I was going to see it in the early days, I'm sure there were people coming from overseas and um, not obviously as much as there is now, but there was obviously that element. And there was always, you know, you'd read in the programme about somebody who was sort of from overseas who loved Chelsea and all this it. And I think only now it's it's much more accessible. I mean, I, I'm a great great fan of American sport. I mean, I, I, I love baseball and ice hockey and, and whenever I go uh to the states i'll i'll go and um i'll try and go and see a game now i basically follow a couple of teams and and i'll go there and i'll cheer them on um and and you you know i don't know as much about them as i know about chelsea but i know that i like them and i know that i want them to win and i'm the sort of person who's quite sad that once i get a team then i follow them you know and but I, I wouldn't look down my nose at anybody, to be perfectly honest. I mean, even if, as a tourist, like I said, it doesn't matter what city I am in the States. If I go and see a baseball game in San Francisco and see the San Francisco um, Giants play, say, the, the LA Dodgers, I'll have no skin in the fight. But it doesn't mean that I can't go ahead and like it. And so i, I don't, so, not really answering your question. Yeah, it's but, very interesting, point, though. No, but, but, the, but the but the point is that if you love football um, and, you know, you're not causing grief to other people, then everybody should be able to come in. Quite a agree. You know, so, so, sorry,
0: sorry, JK. Got Brian's actually, not only oh, is good. Brian waiting, but he's actually done something which is like, it's like brilliant when you see this on Zoom. He's raised his hand. I've been using this for a year and I haven't figured out how to do that yet. So, Brian. I just wanted
8: to say we should differentiate the difference between tourists and pilgrims. Because to me, Stanford Bridge is like a cathedral. Like Jason said, you go there, you show respect. You don't sit there on the sidelines behind a player taking a throw and taking selfies. That's a tourist to me. If you know, if I'm at Stanford Bridge, I'm showing respect for the people who have been there before me, who lived the history. You just – I think that people who talk about tourists need to take into account those of us that are coming for probably a once-in-a-lifetime trip to watch the club that we adore.
0: I'll let I'll let that's brilliant, Brian. I'll let you into a little secret because I know this will make JK giggle. When I when I first uh, started, I mean, I didn't ever go regularly in the 80s or, or a little bit more in the 90s. But when I first went, remember it was a bit like you know wandering around in the the, the war zone that was Beirut at the time. But uh, when I first kind of went, I was shit scared. 'Cause there, you know, there's a lot of hooliganism around in those days. It was it was a very frightening and intimidating place for a spiky haired, skinny weirdo, <laughs> which is kind of what I was then, who also had quite a posh voice. So I I, I absolutely take on board what you're saying, Brian. I, I, I was reverential and quite quiet. I didn't want to like upset anybody in there and get clumped for my trouble. So I i had that kind of jurisprudence i mean slightly differently from yours obviously but i kind of get where you're coming from but that 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 should be normal shouldn't it when you go into a new place that is it's like any any club that you belong to you don't you don't walk into a club as a new member and lord it over everybody telling them you know everything so it's a really good point now i know you're itching to get in jk so jk no, no, I won't. You had you had your face on, you see. No, I did I, no, no. I had the face, but the, the moment has passed. We should have but... a we should have a hand raised. Did JK have his
1: face on or not? I did
0: well no, but Yeah, no, there now, you go. chef. But, yeah,
1: chef Pierre thinks so. But now we've got these this little hand being coming up in the corner. <laughs> That's really phased you, you is not it? it but, but no, no, no. Okay, but you'll ignore it, Chin. I know, I know. I will I know. never you, ignore you. You you will, you'll ignore the Ever. hand. You, you know, we've established the we've established the body the body language. If J.K. I go, and
0: I have this thing if, going, right? When I'm like going. like this,
1: if I'm like that, he knows I'm not involved. J- J- no, if, no I, if I'm like if this, J- J.K.
0: can speak. If I'm like I, this, I, I, yeah, I yeah, want to yeah, speak. Well,
1: That's earlier awesome. on, I don't know if you noticed when I actually carried on speaking, we had a great Chidge moment because Chidge actually went. <laughs> chidge actually went.
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> <laughs> Only you noticed it though. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah which was a kind of, <laughs> which was a kind of J.K. for fuck's sake, shut up. Which I. I I appreciate it immensely. I did did
0: actually say on Discord last night, what we need on Discord is a shut the fuck up button. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, was you, then you got phased, but not phased, but then you approved because I then passed the question on to Clayton and you then went...
0: Yeah, because, because...
1: I, I was aware of have, you Have going, a good boy chocolate, was what I was saying. That's, yeah, yeah, have exactly, a good boy exactly. chocolate button, but there you go. So we have all these not particularly subtle things going on, you see, all subtle the time. As a brick. But yeah, if I if I go like that, it normally means um, I've got something to say. But in this instance, I was going, oh, I think I actually want to go to the loop. Actually, I've got it. constipation, was what you were saying. Yeah, or that one as well, yeah. as well, yeah. All right. Well, no, I just said what I was going to say, actually, if I've remembered. What I was going to say was... Um, uh, and what, what, I've, what I've constantly banged on about in this is I, I love the fact that we have supporters, we, that, that were not only us in the, the podcast, but Chelsea have supporters all around the world who are just supporters. They're like us. They're supporters. The fact they're around the world is meaningless. There's not no tourism at all. A tourist is some bloke who comes along, takes hundreds of pictures of him in the seat while the game is going on, which I've seen in front of me and pays very little attention to what's going on, has a big megastore bag, it pictures of him in the seat with his girlfriend. The game is going on. He's not actually paying any attention to the game. He's got pictures of him in the ground, pictures of everything, which I have to say, even some fans do, some supposed Normal fans. There's one bloke goes to away games, has his has his camera on or his phone up all through the game, and he's he's just a you know a Chelsea supporter who probably lives around the corner. But he is. It's about him. We're in this kind of world as well where that's happening. To me, you're just all supporters. There is no prejudice towards anybody at all to being a tourist. You, you support the team probably with more knowledge than I've got. So yeah, yeah, good on you. Yeah, yeah. For God's sake, it's I, ridiculous. I, I, that,
0: that's reminded me of, of a hilarious moment. I took my, my nephew to his first game uh, just over a year ago. He went to the Burnley mm. game. and Steve came and saw me up. That's right. The lovely Steve managed to get his tickets together because obviously that was quite important. He'd never been to a game before. And, uh, and we had this brilliant seats. So we were in the shed upper right behind the goal. And uh, my nephew got his camera out, sorry, got his phone out at kickoff. And he just stood there, like, you know, videoing the whole lot. And and, and, and I mean, talk about educating people. I said, I said, Sash, and I was really kind about it. I didn't say, mate, you, you you can't do that. You're like a fucking tourist, mate. You can't do that. What I said was I said, Sash, if you, if you, if you, I, I, I kind of got what he was trying to do. He's trying to capture the whole moment so you could like enjoy it forever and ever. And I, and I felt, I really felt for him. But I said, look, mate. You're not going to be able to do that the whole game because your arm's going to fall off. And also, here's the thing. If you're looking through the match through your phone, you're missing the bigger picture here about what's going on. He said, oh, OK. Anyway, the best thing was uh, about five, ten minutes later, I don't know when it was now, but we got a penalty at that end. And, uh, and of course, he got the opportunity to, to take a video of the penalty going in. And that was it. He was happy then. He'd captured a moment and he could put his phone back in his pocket and just enjoy the game.
1: It is possible, though, Chidge, to actually watch the game while holding it there at the same time all the way through. Yes. You can do both. No, I, I discouraged it. I know, I know. Just glad you didn't F- tell him that. No, yeah. no, no.
0: Um, all right. We're gonna, we've got two more emails, which we should do, uh, which we're just going to rattle through. And then in part Good. four, we just what I would love to do is, is to hear from the people that we haven't heard from so far. And what I'm going to do is I shall go in order of how I see you on the screen. So Paul, Chev. And now you move the screens around. How does that happen? That's really awkward anyway. I know who's asked questions and I know who hasn't, but I want to get you all to ask a question at least. But before that, we got um we've got any this is brilliant. This came in via Twitter actually. This is from Stanford Brücher, which is of course German for bridge. I never knew Stanford was German for bridge, but there you go. And he says Given his outstanding performance as right wing back in the Conte Premier League winning team, is there a case to keep Victor Moses at the bridge next season rather than loan or sell options, Clayton? How old is he? What, Stanford Brooker or Victor Moses? <laughs> Victor Moses. Victor Moses. Uh,
3: I, I, just googling it. I'm just googling Yeah,
0: you, it. you google away, and I, my he's, guess is 27.
3: He, he's 30. 30. No
0: way! I had no idea was that old Clayton. It's a really good question,
2: actually. Um, my instinct is no, uh, because of his age. Um, I don't know how long he's got left on his contract. I suspect not very long. Uh, but he did perform very well in that um, in that season, didn't he? Mm. So I, I so. T- depends what we're going to do because obviously I think we've got the situation where our right back at the moment, Rhys James, is not yet a fully-fledged wing back but he is a a, a good full back. So I suppose it depends on what Tommy T is going to do next season and whether we revert to a back four or we stick
1: with the five. Mm. JK? Um, Yes, I think he's probably not going to play uh, uh, the the Conte way is he apparently according to I mean who knows but according to all the rumour um, uh, but he'll have an opportunity to look at him won't he when he comes back along I with, think
3: it I think his contract is up this summer I'm just oh, well then, he'll I'm up. just checking yeah but yeah. the most recent contract extension I can see was um, taking him up to this summer so I think he might be free to go he, where he, he pleases
1: but he you know he hasn't been setting the world alight at any of his loan. Clubs, has he? So it's unlikely that um, he's uh, he's. Um, mind, I mind you, they they keep they keep a, a a weather eye on every lone player, don't they? Chelsea, they've got a a lone setup, isn't that right, Liam? They've got a they, they've got they, an entire a, department. Yeah, department. filled it, filled and,
3: almost exclusively with
1: former players. <laughs> yeah. So they'll be they'll be absolutely on the case as to how he's performing. I mean, that's that's the thing with every everybody uh, is every single loanee is is. Um, uh is being watched and their opinions about him just because the potential is there to either go into the team or or to be sold on um so or as the case may be nothing happened to them if their contracts are up but um uh i i suppose he'll just be left and that will be the end of that Mm -hmm. if his contract comes to an end
0: yeah i think he'll be off mate um now uh, we've got uh, this. I'm, I'm so delighted when I saw this coming because I thought oh, we're not going to get many emails this week. And then right at the eleventh hour, we got one from the wonderful Donal, um, he of the Podding Shed, who uh, in his alternative ego is uh, Midshipman Bayou Jonathan.
1: Now it's very long. This everybody. So okay, strap in, everybody. Yeah, if you want to uh, go have a go tea, off and make a cup of tea. Yeah, have a wee, have something I am to I'm actually going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have a bit more pizza. I tell you, you're
0: missing out because his. Emails I didn't get are a chance.
3: The... I didn't get a chance in the break, so they, I, I'll be yeah, back. No. His but emails
0: he's... are the best. You've you've got a copy of it, Liam. You can read yeah. it later.
1: This is from Midshipman Bayou. This mournful and restless sound was a fit accompaniment to my meditations. Joseph Conrad, Lord Jim author's preface. I seek here to explore the deleterious effects of the international break upon the spirits of the everyday loyal supporter and to reflect on how where we currently find ourselves under the leadership of Thomas Tuchel is bound up with the lot of the football fan, tethered eternally to their team, come hell all too frequently, or high water. And because I have neither the understanding or the technical vocabulary to discuss association football in any sensible fashion, I will, as previously, attempt to come to the truth through the prism of matters maritime. This time taking as my reference both the works of Joseph Conrad and Herman Melville instead of representations of naval life seen upon the film screen and Telebox seen somewhere in the vastness of the southern ocean. Ocean rather than ocean, ocean, midshipman Bayou, for it is he commits his thoughts to his journal. Dear Rear Admiral Chidji, as I write to you, the silence is broken only by the gentle lap of the water against our creaking hull and the discontented arguing of the crew as their boredom gets the better of them and long suppressed disputations surface like the bloated carcass of a dead porpoise. For, yes, we are becalmed, afloat I, but with no means to traverse the vasty ocean. The strong trade winds of regular league fixtures, salted with cup and Champions League games, no longer fill our sails. We're forced to wait upon the weather to luff our canvas and carry us forward to the season's end and whatever fate lies in wait for us. And, oh, were we not running the Easting down like a speedy tea-clipper, Australia-bound, and but for this enforced idleness we were set to make fair course for unguessed glories. It cannot be gainsaid that Commander Tuchel has surely trimmed this vessel to goodly purpose, and while nothing yet is won, the words of no lesser writer than Joseph Conrad spring to mind. As a general rule, a reputation is built on manner as much as on achievement though other words would counter with the wisdom of Herman Melville in Moby Dick. It is the easiest thing in the world for a man to look as if he had a great secret in him, and amidst our growing belief, Mr. Conrad, too, would seek to temper our excitement. I am afraid that if you want to go go down into history you'll have to do something for it. But as many have observed, it is his manner that gives us hope that all will be well on both his voyage and those to come. And what choice do we have for it It is our lot to be ever tossed upon the briny oceans and no man can just continue day to day without the solid substance of faith and trust. We have chosen to follow our team and are forever bound to the curse that is supporting association football, which has the same hold as that observed by Conrad upon those who follow the maritime life. For there is nothing mysterious to a seaman unless it be the sea itself, which is the mistress of of his existence. And while we often long for the sight and feel of the shores of the off-season with its comforts and its blandishments, that one most perilous and long voyage ended only begins a second, and a second ended only begins a third, and so on, forever and for aye. Such is the endlessness, yea, the intolerableness of all earthly effort. And if those words of the great Herman Melville are not enough, we should be minded to remember the words of Scripture. I here refer you to the book of Psalms, and more particularly, Psalm 107, verses 23 to 24, which tell us it is our duty and our fate to remain aboard the good ship Chelsea. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these seek the words of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. So we know that we cannot turn our backs on this season, next season or the season after, though many have been sorely tempted as great man after great man has been relieved of command, even though they have returned from fronds afar, remote with great and valuable treasure. We must put our faith in the seamanship of Commander Turkel and face the storms, the calms, and the multifarious dangers and privations that are the lot of the humble rating. And in those darker moments of doubt, I ponder this and realize we are tied to this great club for good or ill. It is our enterprise for all its faults and foibles and is, in the words of Mr. Melville, A noble craft, but somehow a most melancholy. All noble things are touched with that. Association football is a human endeavor and cannot yield unrelenting joy, for as Joseph Conrad observed, it is very difficult to be wholly joyous or wholly sad on this earth. Not long to go. And so we must content ourselves with dutiful service and an acceptance of our fate, taking joy where we find it and bearing pain when it afflicts us. And while I hesitate to even broach the subject, this week's events upon the canal at Suez have perhaps pointed out how close to peril we all sailed. Is it not a metaphor for how our season might have found itself aground? Stranded, unable to progress, and a subject of ridicule? Could a young mariner, unused to commanding such an imperious vessel, have lost control in the high winds and sandstorms in the narrow isthmus of a long season? And as in the past, the club would have had to turn to the aging Dutch salvage expert, Captain Hiddink. Or his ilk for a temporary refloating. While the decision may still rank, or perhaps twas for the best, Commander Tuchel came aboard while we were still on the high seas and had not yet run aground. Aye, aye. Some may think a mere midshipman should not dwell upon matters above his station, but I would counter that becalmed here, above the vasty deep, one has a clarity of vision that many lack. Ashore amongst the everyday grind of the landlubber and Twitter user, it is easy to lose your way and be victim to. Fall Falsity and misunderstandings that do poison the mind. So I will end with more insight from mister Melville. Madman, look through my eyes if thou hast none of thine own. I remain good sir, your ever faithful servant, Midshipman Bayou.
0: Oh, well, yeah, Donald, you've uh, You've surpassed yourself, mate. Bloody hell, bloody hell. He's completely bonkers, but a genius. There is no doubt about that. Well done, Donald. Well. He does, isn't he? I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost speechless and I'm never rendered speechless. Um, what I would say is uh, you went up for the David Warner part, didn't you?
1: Uh, I'd love to have gone up for the David Warner You know
0: part. the one I mean. I, what was the captain's I name? I know. The one that
1: went mad? Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know the one you mean. And me. overacted <laughs> fantastically. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. But all actors love that. Any opportunity to overact and play mad. He Anybody, was brilliant. He was that. brilliant anyway. Everybody's asleep here. Look at that. I love it.
0: No, yes. they're not. They're No, they're, they're relaxed. They're, as Tony would say, they're socially relaxed, mate. <laughs> socially oh, relaxed. Thank
1: brilliant. Thank you for that, everybody. Thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. think, I think what, uh, what Donor was trying to say was that he likes... Thomas Tuchel.
1: Okay, that was my translation. Has anyway. JK done Captain Pugwash before? Funnily enough, no, I never in the literal was... or the metaphorical he was... sense. He was bit... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um was it Master Bates and all of that? Yeah. <laughs> Abel Seaman. Seaman stains, Seaman yeah, stains. All of that. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um uh, no, he was a bit before my time, but I worked with the guy who did all the voices. Yeah. I did it. I played um, a character called um oh, I hi Money, me shipmates. Uh, I played, um, no, I didn't. I played uh, I played Access and he played um uh he played Varage. He played a sort of half other characters like that. He said, Oh I'll, I'll Access, I don't know what to do. He played money in it. I remember money, because I was saying, Oh, hello there, money, you don't we, we don't need you anymore. Like, Ah, oh, okay, but what can I do then with myself? So, um, but this was 1992, very yes. long
0: time ago. Pugwash was before that, anyway. Brilliant. Well, I, Donal, lovely to hear from you as always, mate. Keep them coming. Uh, right, um, I did promise good. you earlier on. I mean, talking of, uh, I mean, that was like a proper Jack and Ori, and uh, and and actually, I have to say, on the sleepout on on Saturday, and they got me to do all those excerpts from uh, Chelsea books. I, I I I did the whole lot, J.K. Thinking. This is going to be so shit compared to J.K. and uh, and well done uh, the self styled Jimmy Cooper on Twitter who said basically that
1: he said you're no J.K. (laughs) mate. I know, I know. And you put a you put a picture of Robert Smith up going from the Cure, going doing that. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it was great fun. A bit like I never realised how big your mullet is. You know, it's not mullet. He's look it's not a mullet a mullet is short on top there's look i, I can do all a right, fucking right. top knot here i never mate. realized what how hirsute you'd become too. i had a
0: flat cap on because i'm in the country yeah. and by yeah, my you
1: know, fire down here it was like it was like Ian i know mate
0: i know anyway um i had great fun as you could probably imagine a lot of people seem to enjoy it too which is even better brilliant authors we have at chelsea football club but the main point is is that the sleep out was just brilliant um I ate like buggery yesterday, all day yesterday, and it was cold and all the rest of it. But uh, so far, I've raised almost 1,200 quid, which is just phenomenal. And of course, I would not have done that without the help of many, many of you. And if you don't mind, I'm going to name check some people because I think they deserve it. But Phil Kenley, uh, Tony's best mate and somebody we love who writes in regularly here. Mick Taylor, Nigel Berg, Claire Flynn, Karen Andrea, Simon Lewis, Paul Crowder, Sam Cullen, Pierre, who uh, sadly, uh, that's... uh, um, I think Pierre's gone, isn't he? Which is a shame. He had to go and play football. But Pierre's been in here tonight. Tweet Chuck, Aravin Adam, Leo, Butch Mondo, uh, Kate and Barney, Frederick, a uh, great friend of ours, Frederick, Dean Mears, we all know, Beck, Brian Wolfe, we all know, Chris Mahoney, Nick Villaney, Dane, James Coppert, Bert Stoltz, Loz, Laws Loz, Loz, Laws. Thank you, Loz. Personally, I can say it to you personally. How Lovely. Um, Andrew, Graham, Russell, John Halston, Jack Davies, and Nick from that Chelsea podcast. Tony Skeen, Vegas, Kev, Alan Jones, Brian Justman. Brian! Personal thank you to you. Thank you very much. Sonny, Lala, Chev, Chev, Chev twice, in fact. Not that I'm trying to guilt trip anybody here, but Chev, you're an absolute legend, mate. Thank you. Uh, Phil Monday, Johnny B, Daryl Middle. Daryl! Daryl, personal thank you to you. How fantastic. Kerry Hawkins, Dan, Alan Gavrin, Ash Perdado, Joe uh, Mingola, Benji, Ellie, Simon Baker, Gallon Rowell. I love you from the bottom of my heart. I mean, how generous and, and lovely of you to, to donate. But hopefully we've raised a ton of money for the Stoll Foundation because they certainly deserve it. And as I said, apart from the fact it was bloody cold and it made me bloody stiff, I enjoyed uh, Saturday night Tremendously aided and abetted by half a bottle of Ockentosh and a very nice Monte Cristo number three. Anyway, um, one more plug before we go to part four. Um, The latest football prizes Chelsea competition is now live uh, and it features a Ben Chilwell signed and custom framed Chelsea shirt. So uh, for £5.95, someone will win this in the live draw that they have this Wednesday. Uh, March 31st. So get your name in the draw now at footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Uh The draw, I think you've got until 6.30 to get uh, to, to join up. I haven't checked to see how many tickets there are left, but there's a lot of fun. Uh, people are winning these stuff. Poor old Daryl. I noticed the other day was one number out. I know, mate. I, I, I felt your pain, mate. I felt your pain. But, you know, it's all good stuff. Anyway, when we come back, free reign on the questions. What I'd like to do is to get anybody who hasn't asked one a chance to do it. There are so many questions that you've posed in the in the chat page that I'm completely, I'm I can't can't I can't even go there. But uh, I'll just ask you. You can remember what your question is, and we'll fire it away. We'll see you in a sec.
1: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy,
0: and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea.
2: Football
0: Dot Right, welcome back to the Chelsea fancast. and me to have Chidge him up there, Clayton beerman Hello. Him over there, Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And the genius in the middle, which is Liam to, to me, a rose between two thorns i'm I'm a stickler for using the word genius i'm absolutely not a genius uh you you're our genius mate don't you don't you think otherwise right as i promised in uh part three but at the end of i said it's time for us to have a bit of a free round on the question answering we'd lovely to hear from some people we haven't had a chance to hear from so far and the first of those will be mr paul burgess hi and gang um my only question is obviously we want to spend some money in the summer do we spend the money on Lukaku and Eden if they were possible or do we go all out for Haaland who wants who wants first dibs at that one Liam go on we haven't heard from you for a while
3: i think i think you go for Haaland if there's the slightest inclination that he will join that he wants to go come to Chelsea then i think you just go get him because we're talking about a number 9 who might define the next decade of european football and he's he's frighteningly good, and he's twenty. So I think um, I think it's actually a, a bit of a no-brainer. Um, the Hazard would be a very sentimental one, wouldn't it? I, it's really really sad what's happened to him at Real Madrid because uh, I, I I wanted him to to do well there. He I'm sure it's funny given. You know given how often he talked about joining Madrid and his dream to go I think by the time he left, most Chelsea fans just wished him well and wanted him to do well there and just wanted it wanted to see it work out for him after giving so many good years of service at Stanford bridge and it's just been an absolute nightmare he just can't stay stay healthy don't really have a handle on what what's next for him or whether Real Madrid are already at the stage that they're prepared to cut bait but I doubt. I, I doubt he'll come back to Chelsea now. I think this squad has just gone in a different direction. Um Lukaku is is a very interesting one. Um I know Matt Law reported that he could be on Chelsea's Don't radar. That. What's that, sorry?
1: Don't tell Chidge that.
3: <laughs> well he it's an interesting link. Um he's had he's had two great seasons with Conte at Inter. I'm sure ordinarily Conte would never uh, in a million years, agreed to sell him because he's wanted Lukaku for years. Of course, he wanted him at Chelsea. Um, the one, the one, un, sort of unknown element or uncertain element in all of this is what is Inter's financial situation with their Chinese owners and everything that's going on with that. Will they be for- forced to sell some key players, and could that present opportunities for for clubs elsewhere? Um, but I think Haaland is is the number one and, and should be the number one.
0: Mm. Liam, sorry, go uh, on, J.K. That,
1: first, then I'll, I'll, I'll shut so up. I go. think the thing about the thing about Hazard, Liam, was that um, uh, his big thing was he wanted to be coached by Zidane. And watching Madrid a few times, that where he was playing under Zidane, he had him playing left wing. I mean, absolutely hugging the touchline, and what he was doing with playing with Zidane, he was having his talent completely thwarted because we saw him as a player who could completely dominate teams and the league and was unbelievably skillful, brilliant, brilliant player. And Zidane, just being the man that he wanted to go and be coached by, put a straitjacket on him and stopped him from doing that. So it was not only he, he, he got his wish but that was completely constricted by this very man that he held up as being this, this great manager and then was injured. And so I, it must be an I wonder whether he's given up. I wonder whether he cares anymore because he signed this huge contract. He's earning huge amounts of money. And yet um, this was not the dream move that he actually believed it would be because this, this the very person he thought would somehow liberate him into greater things had him playing this absolutely restricted role and he wasn't the star anymore which was utterly absurd from Zidane and I just don't get Mm. it because he should have been allowed the same freedom that Messi has at Barcelona well you know
0: don't don't work for your heroes JK unless they're unless they're JK in my case um, Clayton. Quick supplemental, because I've I've read a bit about this, possibly from from Liam. It could be subconscious. I don't know. Would you Would you sell uh, Werner as a part deal to get uh, Harland?
3: You asking me or Clayton? Clayton. Oh, okay. But before sorry, I no, do, no.
0: did did you write that? Did I? Have I just absorbed? No. no. Okay. Somebody else no. then. So I I actually perceived that
2: that's what could happen, because uh, it just made. So much sense in terms of logistics, you know, him going back to Germany, uh, going to a decent club in Germany. Um, but I did see that Matt Law had actually um, tweeted or written something today that that's not happening and Werner's staying. I, d- I think it's quite interesting with Werner because uh, I think when it clicks, I think it's going to be fantastic, but it's a question of when. Mm.
0: It definitely is,
2: but, yeah. I, I, I agree. I'd much rather have Haaland than Lukaku, and not, but I don't think I think Lukaku's turned into something special. Um, he's only
1: 27, remember Lukaku?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I, I think if we get either one of them, it solves a huge problem because at the moment we do
0: have a huge problem. I'm not, i yeah, go, on, go on, go, go. On. No, go finish. No, we can't score goals. Yeah, no. I mean I'm not going to say anything about Lukaku because I don't want to upset Prashanth again, JK. So oh, hey. my lips are sealed. Um Chev, yeah. uh let do you wanna have a comeback on that? You you looked like you wanted to you you looked like you were doing a Jonathan. No, all I was gonna say was obviously if we did sign Eden, where does that lead Timo?
5: Because
0: mm. he plays out on that side, doesn't yeah. he? So that would affect him. Yeah. So I, I think we need to go forwards.
5: Yeah. So if we're
0: going to get anyone go and get harland yeah i agree personally and and do you know what i i, I would as much as i love ha- uh love um, hazard i wouldn't have him back i think well i know i know we've had lots of players that have come back in the past but i'm actually more worried about how much football hazard le- has left in him because from what i understand about hazard i mean you know he was never a great trainer he would quite often come back after summer overweight. overweight he, he he's just that one of those rare people that have just so much talent, a bit like me, really. And J.K. We don't have to work hard. We just no, no. I'm joking, but I mean, he he just had so much talent. Um, but he's, he, I don't think he looked after himself. And I think now the and he got hammered, didn't he? We used to moan about it every week about people kicking his ankles every week. And I think maybe he's just taken too much punishment. And I read something somewhere that he's, he's he's struggling with that. Anyway, we're going to move on because I want to get you all in. So, Chev, uh, you're next, mate.
5: I've got a question for Liam. Um, I was just about one of your articles, the Habert's article, when you look back to his roots. I just want to ask, how did you come across, how how did it come to pass? And also, what was the experience of meeting his former coaches and friends and all that?
3: Yeah, so this is one of those um, athletic specials where... My editor, Alex Kajelski, um, in one of our calls just said to me, how do you fancy going to, uh, to, to Havertz's hometown? And you just feel like that immediate pang of panic of just, like, I'm going somewhere where I know no one. I don't speak a word of German uh, and just got to try and bring a, bring a piece together. Um, but we've done quite a few of these pieces at The Athletic now where we go to a place and sort of write a colour piece about a player. Um, it was my first time doing it, which was a little bit daunting, but it was a good experience in the end. It it was the added complications of uh, being in between waves of the pandemic. Um, so things were a little bit more open and travel was obviously possible, which was why we did it when we did it. Um, but yeah, I went just went over there for a weekend. The idea was to, to go and watch his former club. I didn't know anyone. Go, I sent a few hopeful text messages or emails, didn't get any replies from people at his former club. So I, I just ended up turning up at their clubhouse. And thankfully, one guy uh, spoke a bit of English and it was able to set the ball rolling for me um, and just tried to gather as much info as I could uh, managed to find where he used to live. It's quite a small town which helps. So everyone at least knew of Havertz. It was harder to find people that spoke English than it was to find people that didn't know Havertz. Um, So just spent the weekend with them. The plan was to watch Chelsea-Liverpool in the clubhouse after Alemannia-Mariadorf's game. And um, They lost 6-1,
6: wasn't it? They got
3: absolutely destroyed, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the team that Havertz played for. Because he 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 played for their kids teams. He left when he was like ten. That
5: was the senior team, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. It was the it was their senior team. Got absolutely worked by mm-hmm. one of the best teams in their division. <laughs> so they weren't in the best mood. <laughs> um, but uh, but they and that team actually included a guy who was friends with Havertz as a kid, uh, Andre Hocksmith, uh, nice guy. Didn't speak a word of English. So I had, the the quotes I got from him were, were through one of the other guys who helpfully translated for me. Um but yeah, we went back to the clubhouse and started watching that game. They were only kind of, you know, their interest was already less than it would have been because they were pretty bummed out at their own result um, and then Chelsea get a man sent off and have it get subbed at half time. <laughs> uh, and I'm just sitting there thinking, I've got to make a piece out of this. um and it, and everyone just kind of drifted away early in the second half. but it was it was fun. it, it was very different. Uh, a little bit daunting, but found just enough people to uh, to to put together. I thought thought was a, a pretty decent piece in the end. Oh no, hats
5: off! It was a great read. You no, know? mm. I'd say you've heard that already, but was
3: no. Thank you, yeah. thank you.
5: It's good stuff,
0: brilliant. Well done, Chev. Well done, Liam. Uh, Laws, I know you asked a question about five hours ago. You might have a different one now, but ask whatever you like, Laws.
5: Yeah, cheers, cheers,
0: Uh Firstly, I just for our scouts. Ireland is a generational talent, Kepper
5: isn't. I just think they might want to know the difference <laughs> going forward. Um, I guess what I'd like to know, um, and Leah, maybe from your club insight as well, but I'd be interested in the rest of the gang's view. A lot
0: of people assume with financial fair play disappearing now that Roman's just going to open his checkbook um, as per maybe his, you know, the first era of his reign at the bridge.
5: But I also read a lot of how he's fallen out of love with the UK, with the passport issues and everything else. So I wonder what you think the end of financial fair
1: play will really mean to Chelsea's model.
0: Great question, Laws. Great question. Liam?
3: OK, I'll start. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very good question. Um, I think we saw, you know, we kind of got a prelude to it Last summer, didn't we? When FFP was suspended, when UEFA kind of relaxed things, Chelsea saw an opportunity when a lot of other big clubs were too a a bit super, you know, super cautious, uncertain about the way things were going, the 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 future income of the leagues and TV deals and all this sort of thing. Um, Abramovich wasn't, and they saw an opportunity to to get players that they otherwise might not have been able to, like Havertz, Um, and I think. That showed, as much as anything, that that Abramovich is committed to building another winning team. He he wants another great Chelsea team, and he's prepared to spend to get it. Um, and and that's I, I think you know Lampard was partly a a victim of the return of the old Abramovich expectations this season. This is the this is the Chelsea job we we came to know from 2003 to not 2012 or maybe beyond that um, with Abramovich demanding immediate success, willing to pay for it, but expecting it. Um, So I, I think the spending will continue. The difference now from what we saw in the first few years of the Abramovich era is that he doesn't have the edge that he once had. You have Manchester City, you have PSG, you have oil states owning football clubs and they have even more money than he does. So the, there were, there will be certain players that, you know, even if they were open to coming to Chelsea, Chelsea might not be able to get just because there are other very, very rich clubs out there that also want them. But I don't think there will be too many occasions, um, unless there there is some sort of form of FFP that endures, where Chelsea find themselves outbid on a player or miss out on a player because of financial restrictions. I don't think that's an issue for them. And then what we'll see with the football ecosystem now. Is that if FFP is gone for good and nothing replaces it, the clubs that have independently wealthy owners like Abramovich, like um, City, like PSG, they'll have an even bigger edge than ever before um, because the only limits on what they can spend will be their own ambitions.
1: I think he's making an effort now, Abramovich. And in fact, this business about, I don't think he ever had a passport, Laws. I think it was a visa. Because he, he's, oh, okay. he's never ever been a, um, a resident in this country. It's, just, it's, it's just, worth just,
0: reading that Forbes interview absolutely. with him, actually. That was very revealing.
1: Absolutely. And the very fact that he's going for people who are um, uh, writing disparagingly about him, I also think is very relevant because I think it means that he's back to becoming a player again. And I think he wants and I think Tuchel is just the first cog in the wheel. And I think he wants um, spoke in the wheel. What am I talking about? You know what I mean. But mm-hmm. I think uh, I think he's spanner um, in
0: the wheel, J.K. He,
1: no spanner, Chidge, is completely wrong. No, 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 Chidge. No, Bur- no, burn in the bike. It's about making the wheel work, not about throwing things <laughs> in it. Bloody the hell? But um, no, I think I think he's uh, I think he's getting back to doing what um, I think he wants us back in the elite. And I think I also think this is so dependent on how far we get in the. In the cha- Well, I don't think it's dependent, but I think the further we get in the Champions League, the more encouragement he will have to do this. And I I, I wouldn't, the, to me, the time is absolutely right to try and prize players from clubs, the clubs needing the money that otherwise we would never get. And I think he is really keen to do this because I think he wants us back amongst the elite. He wants us to be challenging with City. I just, uh, I feel that is the case at the moment. So, um the very fact that he's doing all these these legal challenges is, to me, is, is that he's really trying to prove his state, get his status back up there again.
3: Mm. Can I just, can I just add one thing? One of my big aims for 2021 is not to get sued by Roman Abramovich, <laughs> 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 because it's uh, it's becoming a thing. It appears yeah. well, this is, he's increasingly litigious.
0: This is this is very much why I wrote on what, what is commonly known in your business, uh, Liam, a fluff piece. For CFC UK, uh, entitled "The Emperor Strikes Back," where I did nothing but, uh, um, you know, articulate my undying love and admiration for Roman Abramovich in a thousand words for CFC UK, just in case I get a letter from his solicitors for previous misdeeds. Anyway, uh, Clayton, you got? Do you want anything to add to, you know, the financial situation and Roman therein? I think
2: the guys have just just said. Uh, well, I've been thinking. I mean, the fact that we hadn't heard from him for 20 years or 17 years or whatever it was, and then all of a sudden, mm. there's an interview that snuck in, um, albeit not in a sports. Uh, I think that magazine. was interesting,
0: wasn't it? The fact that it wasn't yeah. in a sports rag
2: Yeah, I think that's that's the way he he wanted to do it because mm. then it, it's not about Chelsea, is it? It's it's about him, and he'll say a few things about Chelsea. And the fact that he's now sort of starting to flex his muscles mm. and just say, "No, just because I might be a few miles away, you can't, you can't write shit about me. Yeah. I'm yeah. coming for you." Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it all. It's, I mean, it's great and it's positive for the club. I mean, he he basically went out of his way to say that he's committed. He likes winning things, and um,
0: yeah, I think it's. Uh, it's good news. It really is. Yeah, amen to that. I mean, my only, just a, a quick caveat on all of that, really, about the FFP laws, is that I, I, I still, I still wonder. I mean, I know. I mean, I, I am a bit. I feel a bit like the sandwich board man who wandered around Oxford Street saying, "The end of the world is nigh." You know, ultimately, he will be proved right, as will I, by saying that the football bubble has got to burst some day. And when I I, I saw it, I said this on Friday, didn't I? But I obliquely saw some tweet which listed the uh, the losses for all of the Premier League clubs, and Chelsea, I think, was three hundred and forty five million quid. And I am presuming it's for last year. I just cannot see how all of these football clubs, apart from arguably, as Liam was saying, the likes of C- you know the ones that are owned by oil rich nations like City and PSG, I cannot see how clubs can sustain these losses indefinitely. And I know that Roman has got very very deep pockets. And I know that actually Chelsea does very, very well. In I mean, if you see another table in terms of their that awful um, expression that we hear, you know, net the net profit they make you got largely from selling uh, other, you know, selling their younger players. But I just can't see it going on forever. And and I, I, you know, the COVID, COVID, and not having fans in that stadium for a year has got to have an impact somewhere along the line. But we shall see. the The future is yet unwritten, as we know. Um, I'm desperate to hear from this, man. I can't believe it's taken nearly two hours or over two hours to get to him. Brandon, would you like to ask a question?
8: No, I'd like to ask about 10, but I'll pick one <laughs> right on. Uh, That's right the on Mr. Stick I
0: know and love.
8: <laughs> I literally have a list, but you know, I'm trying to do my best to pick your
0: favorite one, Brandon.
8: I <sighs> i right. I'll, uh, I'll throw this one out there. We haven't talked a lot about this actually. It's, pretty relevant on the balance do you think the international break was good or bad for Chelsea we had some good performances but we also had some injuries there were players staying behind the train and then going into the break we obviously had a lot of momentum but also from Tuchel himself we're tired
0: Mm. I'll have first dibs at this and I'll spread it around I mean it's i mean you can't i mean i and by the way uh brandon i loved your little graphic up there which showed you know in fact i might even dig it up if i can w- was it in the general one or was it on match day
8: uh
7: which graphic are you the one that listed
0: talking? how well how well our players had done oh yeah 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 general it was in the general was it yeah brandon uh very kind i mean he's he's all over discord group like like you wouldn't believe like everybody knows and he's brilliant at it but just to Recap for the those with the short memories. Mount got an assist and a goal. Havertz got a goal and an assist. Reese James got an assist. Chirwell got an assist. Rudiger got two clean sheets. Pulisic got a penalty or a goal if you prefer. Zuma got a clean sheet. Christensen got a clean sheet. Of course, the one um, sour note of the international break was was Conte, uh, I think, it doesn't sound like a massively serious hammy, but he—he he, basically his participation in the internationals thereafter was curtailed, which I have to say, I, I'm glad about that. And Apparently, um, Brandon's telling me now that, that uh, Hudson-Doy, yeah, that's right, he's hurt his shoulder, hasn't he? But I don't think that's too serious either. Um, I think my own take, Brandon, just because, just I mean, we could talk about this for an hour, as you well know. I mean, what I would say is it's really nice to see uh, Mount scoring a really good goal. It was really nice, as I said on Friday, to see James and Chilwell, uh, particularly Chilwell, playing so well for England, even if it was San Marino. It was so nice to see the likes of Pulisic and Havertz score goals, something that they just cannot do for Chelsea at the moment. So I think, all, all in all, you have to say, Barcante, it's been a positive... I mean, it's not over yet. We've got another game yet. Uh, that's for sure. So... Well let's hope none of them pick up injuries uh this week. I think the Kante one might be a blessing in disguise actually because I think Deschamps the uh, the water carrier would have driven Conte into the ground uh for the next two French games and the fact that he's managed to pick up an injury means he won't have to do that and hopefully we'll get some rest and uh, treatment and hopefully I would well I would certainly hope he'd be back for Porto. So there you go that's me uh, Clayton uh,
2: I think that's a great question because I got. I think whenever a team's got momentum, it, it's it's always difficult to break it up. But I think I think the point is that we possibly were tired. the The Sheffield United uh, performance wasn't brilliant. I know there were a lot of changes. Um. Yeah, I, I think Callum's got hurt as well, didn't he? Uh, in this appalling AD Boothroyd car crash of a under-21 campaign. Um, I, I'm not... I'm not too bothered by by the break. I think it's probably done as good, and I think uh, there are a fair amount of players, and I'm hoping Silva's one of them, who are now going to be fit, who've stayed behind um, for when we come back. I mean, we've And, and got,
0: Jorginho, uh, of course. Obviously. Yep.
2: Um, and uh, hopefully uh, Eduard has... Uh, recovered from his dental surgery, which kept him out of international duty, which was quite good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm not as uh, jittery about coming back this time. Mm.
0: Okay, JK. Uh, <coughs> I,
1: I, I tried to avoid watching England, but when, because uh, when, it is such a major disappointment, isn't it? I think we'd all be interested in England if they were winning. But, um, they, you know, not having won the thing for 50 years, it just makes you think, oh, here we go again. Um, and I'm worried about um, anybody who gets a hamstring injury is always difficult. It's all very well saying, oh, we'll give him a couple of weeks. Hamstring tears are just, they stay with you. If you look at Pulisic, for an example of that, um, you just hope it's, uh, it's it's you, you can't say it's been too serious. Because there uh, there's a kind of reluctance in your head as a player to actually really go full out for it. Um, because you just know it might ping, um, but um, uh, I, I suppose I suppose it's uh, it's a sort of blessing for some people. But um, uh, I'd rather we didn't have it. Really, I'd rather we just did all those kind of games at the end of the season, and we just uh, um, and we just kept going with the with with the momentum we've got. And uh, you know, I find myself twiddling my thumbs a bit, thinking, shall I watch? I mean, I was more interested in Ireland losing to Luxembourg. I thought that was quite funny. Um, don't and, tell uh, Chev
0: that it will be. You get upset, Chev, if you say
1: that. <laughs> well, it's funny because um, I, know, I'm, I like watching Northern Ireland, but um, no, it's, it's funny because they should be doing much better than they are. Ireland, they've got well, some decent cool. players. I'm always confused by these things. I don't, I can't work it out. It's down to management somewhere. I will tell
0: you what, to be honest with you, do you know what? I missed the first half of the England game yesterday because I was watching the cricket.
1: Yeah, and of course the cricket's on at the same Which time. Which is much yeah. more exciting, it has much to be more said. more exciting, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful performance by Curran. Um, uh, uh, yes. Anyway, can I, as a postscript, can I just say to the Abramovich thing, um, uh, isn't there the possibility, haven't they been debating the possibility of rekindling the, the whole stadium idea? Have they? I've I got a little inkling of that. Have you heard anything about that, Liam?
5: I have not. No. Right.
0: I is,
1: have this, not. is
5: this from Ron?
0: By any chance? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I think we'll we'll treat it as seriously. No, as we no, no. He got
1: some things right, you know. He,
2: he's got. G-Cons. I can't see anything happening on the stadium until uh Roman is back in the
0: country. Well, I tell you what, I I mean my I mean I'm you know I'm I'm, I'm I still haven't written this flaming piece that I've been meaning to write for about three months now, but. I I seriously hand on heart cannot see what on earth why on earth Chelsea would want to build a new stadium now when for the last year all of these big rich football clubs have realized that they can actually probably survive without fans in there and I think this is what this this <laughs> European Super League is all about if you're a business you protect your interest you protect your profit all right that's what you do, and that's what that European Super League is all about. No relegation. Everybody guaranteed, an you know, a good bunch of wedge, and you just sell it, sell the shit out of it on TV, because that's where the fans are these days. We're an we're an annoyance and an encumbrance, and actually, yeah, why but, on earth would heard, they? Why on earth would they build a bigger stadium and spend half yeah, a million no, I, quid on doing it?
1: I heard that I heard that they're they're, they're impressed by the uh, the business models created by um, the emir not, not necessarily the Emirates, but the Tottenham Stadium has been a huge revenue improver for Spurs. What,
0: over the last year with no fans in No, there? no,
1: no, no. This is projecting for the future, Chid. So we're not actually talking necessarily about redeveloping the bridge. This is about looking for yeah. other options. Spurs
0: skills. Spurs had to borrow what, 100 million no, know, quid from know, the I know, government. I
1: know, I know they still, but, they, but there is still a, for the future, just looking forward. Yeah. They've been projecting this. This is what I was reading about. I Mindful
0: thought. of the time this one yeah. will run and run but it's an, it's an, i'm sh- this is something we'll be back on this podcast that's for sure right well done brandon um brian Uh
8: quick one for um clayton if you had to go into the semi-final Man city and you could choose either uh peter bonetti or peter check who'd you take
2: <laughs> oh, right oh question, that's horrible right that's horrible <laughs> Oh, oh God! Mate. <laughs> oh, it's got. But I can't go against my hero. It's got to be a piece of Peacemanetti, every time.
0: There you go. Simple as that. Uh, I, I hate to say this, Clayton. I'd say check. I I think every
2: sinews in my body would say check, yeah. because he was a phenomenal goalkeeper. Uh, but just I'd love to just see Peter Benetti play one more time obviously yeah. that's never going to happen
1: there also different eras clayton and they, the the yeah, defense was very different and the the kind of things that we accepted uh, the kind of errors i think that peter benetti made you just went well that was impossible to save whereas with the advanced training and the uh, um uh, the athleticism that Czech uh, would have had just by the nature of the fact that this, you know, nobody drank any, you didn't spend most of your time in the pub, probably Czech would say that. I don't, I don't think the up cat up. did, to be perfectly honest. I, I think know, he, he wasn't. He, part
0: he was really upset. I mean, if you read Tim's book, you remember? Yeah. He was really upset by the. Well, him and Hollins were not too impressed with the likes of Osgood and Hudson and yeah, Tommy no, Baldwin. No, I,
1: I wasn't saying that they were drinkers. I was suggesting around them that mm. they were. Mm. Um, the chances were that the, uh, the defense wouldn't be as good. Yeah. Well, we'll never I think, know. I think, we'll... right. I, I think, I think Jonathan is one hundred percent right because
2: mm-hmm. it's just a question of they were different goalkeepers yeah. in different eras. Both
0: I great mean, keepers. Though. When
2: when Peter Bonetti was playing, a lot of keepers were his sort of height, five eight, five nine, something like that. But now they're all over six foot. So uh, apart from Kepper, <laughs>
0: apparently, he's six, apparently he is six foot. Of course, he is. Yep. Okay. Moving on. All right. Last two, we're going to have one from uh, Jason and uh, one from Kenroy, and then ask
1: the question at the end
0: if we have time. You know, it's nearly nearly half nine, mate. But hopefully, yes. Uh, Jason,
7: appreciate it. I really do. This has been really fun uh, to all of you, and uh, this is awesome. My questions for J.K. I had to whittle it down. I also had a list. (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. I've always loved your your historical view of things, um, but like. How many different places have you sat in the bridge as season tickets? What
1: a really good question. Um, when you were little, you could walk all the way around the ground. And uh, uh, so I used to walk, whichever, which was always with mates. It was whoever was kicking, um, which way you always uh, stood behind the goal that Chelsea were attacking. And you'd stand uh-huh. in the front and they bizarrely, all football grounds had these little hoops. They were little hoops and they all connected. And when you were little you could stick your head through these little hoops and it was a perfect way of watching and uh and you'd stand there at the front watching and then half time would come and you'd all go okay let's walk around to walk round to the other end and you go up p- past the east stand and you get there and you sit watching there so that's um that shed and then uh other end in under the north stand there was a big stand obviously called the north stand that shook every time you stamped on it and clapped i sat there a lot you get the odd ticket for that um uh and i'd stand um, occasionally there'd be nobody the other end at all if it, behind the little hoop so you'd stand back and watch and you'd move around and whatever this is when occasions when there will only be 10,000 watching um, my father had a season ticket in the old East Stand in it was E. It was called E, and E was in Row E, Bazzardi. So he was EE, which of course, strangely, is the uh, is the sponsor. But um, uh, I'd sit there with him, and as a birthday present, he bought me. He was doing very well that year. He bought me a ticket, and so I used to sit next to him. And if he couldn't come, I'd bring mates. So that was in really basically the same position I sit now. However, when they demolished the stand, um, I could sit uh, into the and the benches in the West Stand. Um, and also, no, I used to, you go there for 50p, but when they demolished the stand, you automatically got a season ticket in the old West stand. So I sat there watching on the other side as well. And then my, my dad's ticket, I didn't have a ticket anymore. My dad's ticket went across to the new East stand. So I sat Um, But this was in the upper tier. So I sat in the upper tier, which was uh, if you're uh, right at the top of that, it's like watching. It's a bizarre experience. It's like it's almost getting vertigo. But luckily enough, he had a seat right in 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 the front. And I always wanted to sit in the east middle because the seats were clearly the best. And then I managed to get the opportunity to sit there. And that was when Bates decided to make it into a corporate area. And we were sitting at the back. And every year, myself and my mates, we'd always ask, could we anybody anybody not got the ticket anybody died dreadful thing to say slowly but surely made our way right into the front row and i'm now in the front row next to where the old director's box used to be in the stand and the seats are phenomenal and however everybody we're all in a hospitality section none very none of us is none i would say none none of us a hospitality people, we get these bizarre letters saying, "Welcome to the bridge. You want to go for fuck's sake? I've been coming for thirty years. What's the matter with you?" And we're all the same because we all sit there. It's only seats a hundred people uh, in the in the restaurant. Yeah. I don't care about the food. Bloody I just, corporate. I, I don't know. I know it's I'm a corporate bastard. All I want to do, <laughs> all I want to do is is watch the football so i frequently get there at 10 to 3 and they always say to me there's a there's a lovely woman who she says oh jonathan you are late why are you so late you we have wonderful
6: menu wonderful food for she's you from essex oh,
1: yes she is from she's from absolutely right she's from essex yeah she's from yeah from uh, yeah she's from um uh, um uh, essex L- louton no louton <laughs> and uh, anyway so yes i'm looking and uh, uh, and she says and i say i've come for the football I've come for the football, and we have great seats right in the front, yeah, they and it's are joyous. Great seats. We're nearer to the pitch than than Abramovich is because when they built the west stand, because of uh, health and safety, they had to build the, the 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 seats further away. So we're actually overhanging the pitch, and right below me are the is the other dugouts, and you can see so many things happening yeah. there. So, in answer to your question, yeah, bloody hell, every everywhere, Do you hear well? in the ground do you you
7: hear well in those seats where you're over the benches the the dugouts fantastic Chid frequently
1: asked me you know what did you hear what happened he's my my man he's my man in the whatever what's lovely is is you can hear chants from both ends I love the chants I mean makes up for
0: the fact that you lot don't do many really doesn't it
1: yeah, and I don't sing. I don't sing. I, I know them all, but I don't sing because I think I do this for a living in the week. I'm not going to do this. Look, joke,
0: joking aside, joking aside, JK, I mean, Clayton and I have both been the beneficiary of JK's amazing munificence, and, and they are absolutely brilliant seats. Although I, I nearly... I nearly foreshortened my welcome. Uh, it was the whole match, wasn't it? When somebody tried to kill. I don't know who it was. They tried to kill now, but I decided that they tried to kill him. And I just, I just leapt up and dropped the F and the C bomb. Very, very, uh, pr- uh well, a lot. And, 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 and I
1: went, sit
0: down. I mean, it was like, it was like shitting in church. You know, you should have seen the people around me. They're like, <gasps> And then apparently somebody said to JK uh, uh, the next week, is your, is, your, is your friend coming back soon? He was a proper <laughs> fan, wasn't he? He was a
1: proper fan, wasn't he? But, but also, we attempted to co- just wave at Liam once. Do you remember that? We <laughs> learned- <laughs> yes, I yes. Do you remember that? I, I and it, it, and he wasn't having any of it. Liam wasn't having any of it. Even Liam, I can see Liam thinking, uh-oh, it's Chinch and Jonathan. I don't want to admit I know them. I do no. We're going, Liam,
0: Liam. <laughs> I do remember I that. I didn't.
3: I didn't see you, I swear.
0: <laughs> oh, quality, um, Clayton. Uh, what about that's you, good mate? Steph. Thank you very much. No, well, we have Me and Clayton haven't had our turn yet, Jason. You're gonna, we're going to bore you with where we where we where no, we I sat. Want to do this, Clayton. What about you, mate? So, so where, when I first
2: started going, uh, which was late sixties, early seventies, uh, I sat normally uh in the east stand the old east stand uh but on the left hand side by where the shed was i think my dad one year bought a half season season ticket do you remember you could do that jonathan
0: no you
2: probably don't because you always had a whole one He's I not, he was in the posh
0: seats mate of course
5: yeah Even then.
2: Um, and then when i was uh, at school i used to stand in the shed and uh then Depending on how rich I was that particular week, I could spend 50p to go and sit on the benches in front of the West Stand, which was a, a wonderful experience. Uh, then I met uh, a bunch of guys that I, I now go to Chelsea with, and so I went back to the shed, uh, and then we got season tickets in the lower tier of the East Stand because I wasn't as rich as Jonathan
4: uh and then when the matthew
2: harding stand got built and i can't remember what year that was uh we all got season tickets in the matthew harding upper uh and i've been in that seat ever since um unless i'm very very kindly invited to sit with his royal highness uh jonathan of kidd uh in in his seats which all the years I've been going are the best seats I've ever had and funnily enough uh, a couple of years ago I was invited into the Chelsea Foundation box uh, because of some charity work that I had done Um, and (laughs) the view there is that the, the box is right in the corner uh, and the view's nowhere near oh, as good as, <laughs> as where Jonathan is,
0: although it's very nice, I have yeah. to say. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. All right. Um, and I totally agree with Clayton about JK seats. They are just, it is the best place in the entire stadium to watch, watch football from because that's where the old directors used to sit back in the day. But uh, where Pat Nevin and, and all the boys in 84 celebrated, uh, they're, they're, you know, going up. Just brilliant. There's some great pictures by Hugh, aren't there? Hugh Hastings. Anyway, yeah. as for me, as you all know, I sit in the the right in the corner at the back in uh, so Matthew Harding Upper, kind of the almost where the, where the East Stand meets the Matthew Harding Upper Gate Seventeen, which is actually only created when they filled in uh, the gap between the East Stand and the Matthew Harding. So me and Mark, Doctor Mark, managed to get season tickets that year because I I didn't have a season ticket before then, bizarrely. But when I was a you know when I was a teenager when I first moved up to London in the eighties, I used to shit myself and go in the shed, hopefully quite often beard up so you know because there was like something to do on a Saturday. Occasionally uh, benches benches fifty p, quite used to like that. That was quite fun, bit more sedate. Uh, but you know in modern times I've been I've I've sat in every every stand so shed upper shed lower. East Lower, East Upper, worst view I've ever had with the Newcastle. The, the game, the game that Josh McEachrin, uh had an absolute blinder and we lost. I was right up in the East in, in the East Upper, but they got pillars there and I couldn't actually see the goal in the Matthew Harding end. So, I, I people said that we lost five four or something to Newcastle. I said no, we didn't. I didn't see three of those goals, so therefore we won. So I've sat in the East Upper, the East Middle with J.K. and I've been in the Matthew Harding Upper, obviously where I sit, but also all sorts of various places within it. I've sat next to Clayton occasionally, and uh, and also the Matthew Harding Lower. So I've sat everywhere, and and it's kind of something you really need to do. I think it's it's a wonderful thing to say. Well, I've sat everywhere in this sh- in, in 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 Stanford Bridge, and to answer Brandon's question, I I'm biased, but I think the best place to go if you if you if you want to, if you're coming for the first time you need to go in the Matthew Harding lower because it's it's probably the last remaining part of the stadium where there's genuinely some some atmosphere and it gets a bit raucous it's nothing close to what it used to be like back in the day but it's the closest you'll find um if you That's want a, the
7: songs kind of start yeah if I, I recall correctly yeah absolutely
0: yeah. Jason it, it, you yeah. know it's it, I'm afraid it's all dissipating and dying from football these days but the the Matthew Harding lower is where to sit if you want to have some, have some atmosphere. Now I know time is moving on, so I have got one more question. The legend, my favourite Saint Lucian, Mister Kenroy Justin. Well,
4: let
0: me just use my meeting. Oh dear, he's in his meeting.
1: I can't believe you're doing this, <laughs> Kenroy. You no, you can <laughs> wait for Kenroy. Yeah. No, Chev, no, he's in his meeting. Chev can ask
0: right? in a minute. Do you want to ask the question, Kenroy?
4: Yes. Yes. Oh, um, since I'm last. Uh I'll go for JK. It's a two part question. Firstly he looks like <laughs> firstly he looks shocked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he looks like he's down in Deptford Market. What is that? Is that Deptford Market? It's, uh,
1: it's Darblay Street in Soho. Uh, all right.
4: Um second part of the question.
1: Okay.
4: Uh when okay, how do I how do I phrase it? Um are we jumping the gun with Tuchel, Tuchel, Tushel? Thomas, I think, I think. Um, oh, yeah. uh, because uh, are we uh, giving him props before it's due? Because he's coming and he's done a job, um, but clearly there is, well, he's basically plugged the hole, um, but there's clearly a massive problem. I think we've scored about five goals from open play in 10 games. Um, and the rest of them have been penalties and whatnot so when do when do we start worrying about when do we really start worrying about whether we can actually score goals or not whether I, I, don't,
1: sn- I don't think I don't think we worry about that until the until the close season. I think we worry about the fact that um we see how far we can get with having a completely impenetrable defense practically impenetrable and see whether he can get a couple of them to start scoring in the 12 games that are left or even 16 games, however many it is. But um, no, I think he's, I think you give huge props to Tuchel for having come back and, uh, um, in, in, a, in a team that was shipping goals and not scoring any, um, suddenly they uh, only two goals have been scored against them in twelve games. Isn't that right, everybody? It's um, it's been a phenomenal defensive performance, I think, by him. And also the the fact that he's managed to get them all um, uh, um, uh, indulging in his wrong word, but um, involving themselves in his philosophy of. Uh, of the press, which has just been the performance against um, Atletico was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And all right, we are, we we know we we scored a couple of goals as well, which was even a plus to it. But so if if the opposition can't score against you, you know whatever whatever happens, the ball goes in off somebody's leg or whatever, or is a penalty, you're still winning. So uh, I I think that also the fact that he's managed to get performances out of people that we'd all written off, we'd all written them off on. On the on the phone cast. we we'd um we'd decided we had a list of people we wanted out. Chich hated Jorginho with a with a I mean with a with a a, a, a hatred beyond 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 the Amazon Amazon rainforest even, wasn't it? He just he, he uh, and yet No suddenly, no no, he, no no hang on. I don't hate any Chelsea players. Okay, I just right, I just right, like right, them right, less right, than right. some of the others. All right, yeah, all right, all right. Well, well you wanted him out. You wanted him out, Chi. Yeah, I didn't think and he was very good that but Alonso is coming, you know. We've established that he can't defend, but Alonso is still one of the best, um, uh, uh, attacking, um, wing backs in, in the world. I would think it's a phenomenal ability to score or get into situations where he crosses well and, and a agra- still takes excellent free kicks. I just, um, I think his his renaissance to me has been, I, I love him as a player, and uh, and I loved his little message on the sleep oh, out brilliant, wasn't that it? That was absolutely brilliant. Class. Um but yeah it's an answer to your your question Ken Roy. I think he's done uh... I think he's done wonderfully and if he can then maintain this which I think he will I think defensively and organisationally the crispness of the passing is absolutely brilliant at the moment I love it absolutely love it but as you say Ian ability to score madness So, but if he can get Havertz scoring if he can get Werner scoring I mean I was dismayed to see Werner this week come on for Germany and get on one-on-one with the goalkeeper and do exactly the same bloody thing and hit the goalkeeper he's just go, what on earth are you doing but um, if he can get them scoring. Boring, but it or even mount needs to needs to hit the target and score which is he's practically the only person who can do it but i i have every faith that we will win something well uh, we will get very far in all these all these uh um uh, competitions the fear is that he comes as we've established comes to the the summer and he says i'd like the following players and chelsea go no mm. you can't have them but i think they won't because i think they're absolutely Clued into the way that Tuchel is managing, and they see what an unbelievably class act he is. Yeah. But uh, tell me, shoot me down if I'm wrong, Liam. No,
0: no, no. Liam was nodding there actually, which was is, he, oh, were which you Liam? No, d- I wasn't. D- no, okay. oh, wasn't. No, he
1: wasn't. He you was redeemed yourself, Liam. Nodding <laughs> way. Was I was kind
3: that. of, I was kind of absent-minded, I'm afraid. He
1: wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't listening. The bastard. Sorry. The bastard.
3: <laughs> Sorry.
0: What do you reckon, Liam? Um, Tommy Tuchel, in my book, has done really, really well. I mean, he's clearly a proper manager, and I've got no problem with a manager, you know, doing what needs to be done first, and that's been shoring up the defence. And I'm a great believer in the fact, if you don't concede goals, you've always got a chance in a game. But, you know, Kenroy's right. We need to address scoring and being more... Because, I mean, I've said this to you many times before, mate. Chelsea, for the last, I don't know, three, four, five seasons, maybe... Take hazard out the equation. Have been either great at defending and shit at attacking, or great at attacking and shit at defending. We need a manager who can get us to do both, right?
3: Yeah, and history tells us that when Chelsea are good at both ends of the pitch, they win the league. Exactly. It's just not it's just not happened very often. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, a lot of the best Chelsea teams have been primarily um, solid at the back, and Tuchel came in parachuted into the middle of this incredibly frantic fixture schedule. Um, and he said, didn't he afterwards that him and his assistants on the plane over basically were talking through like, what are the most urgent things we need to do. And the defense was the top priority. And um, and that's where the three at the back came from. It was to make Chelsea more solid when they didn't have the ball, but also to make them a bit more solid, defending counter attacks, um, and I think the the speed of the progress and the extent of the turnaround has been what's really surprised me because they've they've gone from being a below average defensive team, which they were pretty consistently in Lampard's time, to one of the best defensive teams in Europe. That, that's an incredible um, incredible improvement and one that I didn't actually think was really possible with this group of players. Um, So it's pretty clear that, you know, so far with what he's done primarily at that end of the pitch, Tuchel has lived up to what Marina Granovskaya said in the announcement statement when she hailed him as one of Europe's best coaches. Um, We believe we've got one of Europe's best coaches. I think he's lived up to that reputation. You can see the attention to detail and the way he's put players in position to succeed. The final step now to take Chelsea from being a very good team to a great team is for them to be become more ruthless in attack, and maybe that maybe that will just need a bit of time. Maybe it will need work on the training pitch. Maybe it's a bit of both.
0: Mm. Uh, Kenroy, I know you've got your hand up, but I'm going to ask Clayton to, to you know give it, give us his penneth worth, and then I'll get you to come back in. All right, mate. Clayton.
2: Uh, yeah, I've I've been mightily impressed by the guy, um, and. I, I know where Kenroy's coming from, or at least I think I do, is the fact that we have a tendency to go mad and say, this is great and that's great. And then 10 minutes later, it's all gone horribly wrong. Um, but I think Tuchel has proved in knitting together players who were, quite frankly, uh, you were, if you would have asked any fan, when Tuchel came in, is there a place for Christensen, Alonso, Rudiger, Jorginho in the squad, we would all said no, yeah. get rid of him. Yeah. Um, and he's proved us all wrong. The players have proved us all wrong. Uh, and that's got to be down to the coaching. As There's, there's no other word for it. Um, and interestingly, um, we are now incredibly solid in defence, but that's a lot to do with the fact that we are now more solid in midfield. Um, the defence is better protected. Uh, and everybody's playing with a confidence. Um, will the goals come? Who knows? Uh, I think one of the biggest problems, and I mentioned it the last time I was on the fan cast, is the fact that not only are our strikers not scoring, uh, but our midfield don't score, and our defenders rarely score, apart from Marcus Alonso. So it's a collective thing. Um, I think next season's going to... I think Havertz is going to be fantastic. Uh, and uh, I think... We do need somebody else up front. Uh, for me, um, Tuchel's done a, a great job and will continue to do so. I think one of the biggest conundrums for me in terms of our strikers is is what's going to happen with Pulisic. Uh, is he going to get his mojo back, or isn't he?
0: Yeah. We'll sell him for glue. Who knows? Uh, Kenroy, <laughs> come back in.
4: Glue. No. I know. Time's <laughs> <going on. laughs> Thanks for being on. Thanks, but I, I was just thinking, I know what everybody saying, but um, Conte came in and after maybe three or four games, he moved to the same system. We kept loads of clean sheets and then we still scored loads of goals. So, I mean, what then is the difference? Is It literally just Hazard, Costa and Fabricas. Um, we don't have anybody of that ilk. Um, I, I would have thought that the players we spent a lot of money on um, would have been delivering by now. And and Conte did it in a very short time as well. So what's the difference there?
0: Well, I I think I think Clayton's absolutely spot on. It's not just the fact that they've organised the defence really really well. I mean, you know, it sounds like a really. I mean, football is ultimately a very very simple game, and what 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 Tuchel has done is he's put players who are good in their their best positions in defence. Um, but I, I agree. I agree with Clayton entirely. He, he's he's done something in the midfield. He's he's basically protected Jorginho's vulnerabilities and done it very effectively, because Jorginho is a good player. Let's let's be under no illusion here. He's not a good player if he's left exposed, which is the, what what was happening far too frequently for the last two seasons. As for up front, Kenroy, I think we have a problem in the fact that we don't have enough. We don't have midfielders of like you said of the ilk of Fabregas who can. You know, I you know thread a pass through, score a goal. We don't have goal-scoring midfielders. We don't have midfielders who can thread that final ball. But also, I think I think the strikers that we've got are very talented players, but they're in hopeless form in terms of confidence, and that doesn't help. But I also think, as I'm sure Liam would would absolutely agree with, is that Tuchel's biggest problem, I think, to kind of answer the first part of your question as well, is that I think that he's got a system where he's well, he's got he's got in. Pulisic, uh, Ziyech and um, Hudson-Odoi and I said Pulisic, didn't I? he's basically got lots of proper wingers but he's not playing with wingers so he's got to try and figure out how to, how he can get these players who are actually wingers into, the, into his system which is playing kind of two number tens behind a number nine or a false nine or whatever you want to bloody call it so he's got attacking players who are not suited to the way that he wants to play and I think that, that's his problem to iron out, would you agree Liam?
3: He's declared war on the wingers, hasn't he? He
0: has, hasn't he? Because you weak. don't, you don't need to play Pulisic or Ziech if you're playing attacking wing backs. You could argue that's where your width is coming from.
3: Yeah, and and Pulisic has has struggled for, yeah. or at least initially struggled for minutes because of that. And when Ziech was playing, I mean, he, I know he's uh, he's improved markedly in the last couple of games, but when he first started playing, he looked a bit like a fish out of water in this system as well Um, because he played a 4-3-3 at Ajax. He came into a 4-3-3 when Lampard was at Chelsea. So it was a significant change for him. Um, Fundamentally, I think it it presents more of a squad management problem because there's just fewer spots. There are fewer spots for those guys. You've gone from three creative midfielders or sometimes when Lampard was playing 4-3-3 with two attack-minded number eights, you could get four of them into the team at any one time. So now Tuchel is only really playing two of them, um, and he was he's been prioritising trying to get Werner going, so that takes away one of those spots as well. Um, so it, Pulisic, I think, has probably been the biggest victim of of it, and we've got a large American readership who are very worried about what's happening with Pulisic at Chelsea. Uh, understandably so. Yeah, I agree. But uh, but but yeah, it's it's difficult, and I think. It will be impossible for Tuchel to please everyone. I think in the slightly longer term, whichever way this shakes out, there will be players un- left unhappy and probably considering their options. Mm,
0: indeed. Right. Guys, we should wrap this up because um, Clayton probably has other things to do. No, JK, we've got to go. Cause it's, uh...
1: I want to ask Liam a question about something you wrote. I have to quickly ask Well, him uh, phone him. Quick, You've got his quick, number. Quick, oh, no, for goodness sake, I haven't. Um, Liam, you... Um... <laughs> refs uh, um it's going to become automatic you 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 wrote today the uh, the ref- oh i retweeted it i
3: retweeted it yeah, yeah yeah
1: that was it was it Re- refs some um, using so uh, VAR, it's going to be automatic can you have you what i don't get is why they still do this business of attempting to referee on the pitch which is therefore they get um throw in the linesman gets throw ins wrong everybody misses foul throws um the ball hits somebody's foot goes off for a corner the referee gives a goal kick what on earth are their priorities here they're trying to automate something and meanwhile they get everything else wrong on the pitch what what is that all about i'm afraid that is beyond me i, I don't
3: the, i think the officials on the pitch now jk is uh, just theatre mm. it's just theatre um because you, you, they're just in a in a weird space where they don't really know what they're doing. So <laughs> You're right, they yeah. you've got this VAR system which has been poorly implement, implemented, in, inconsistently applied to a set of rules that are fundamentally interpretive in a lot of areas. There aren't necessarily right or wrong answers to what is or is not an excessive challenge or you know dangerous play or Subjective, all of this stuff. Yeah. yeah, every referee's interpretation is going to be different. Yeah. You have got. VAR offside, which, you know, the, the technology I don't think is ready to be able to make the kind of marginal calls that it is. Um, and it's eliminated level as a concept. The, you've got the whole idea that the referee gets called over to the monitor and he makes the final decision on the pitch. <laughs> he doesn't. It's it's pure theatre. When he gets called over, he's realistically, there's like a 1% chance he sticks with his decision. Because you're not going to do that if you've had a colleague in your ear looking at a yeah, screen going, you it. might you might yeah. want to take another look at this. Mm. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm not a fan of VAR. No. I was I was skeptical about it from the start, and I'm even more. I, th- I retweeted that today because I'm very optimistic that they will find a way to make whatever new system they implement a farce. Well.
0: Let's hope they do. Um, I don't hold out much hope. I think it's an absolute bloody shambles. But there you go. Right. Uh, I'm afraid that really is all we've got time for this week. Uh, JK and I will be back with you on Friday for the preview show with the lovely Martin Wickham. And I do believe Sam Incasol, if they haven't forgotten, uh, from Football London, of course. That's at 7 o'clock on Mixler, where I'm sure you'll all be. And uh, we'll be rounding up the Chelsea news and previewing the Chelsea versus West Brom match. Uh, And on Tuesday week, because I I forgot I'm doing something next Monday, but on Tuesday week, JK and I will be joined by Mark Meehan, if he can still do it on Tuesday. and, And I think quite possibly Dan, although actually it clashes with the supporters trust meeting and Dan will get into trouble if he doesn't go. So uh, we'll see. But anyway, we'll we'll figure it out before then. But that'll be looking back at the West Brom match and of course looking ahead to the massive match against Porto in the quarterfinal of the Champions League. Uh don't forget to check out Dean Mears's Went to Mow King's Meadow, with the lovely Jane Chappell, uh about the the podcast about the Chelsea women's team, and that should be out, I think, tomorrow night if he's doing one, which I presume he is. Uh, as you all know, I don't need to really tell you, but the listeners out there, there may be some people who have never heard us before. But uh the Chelsea fancast is available. As a podcast on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, all sorts of other places to get it as well. So there you go. Get your lug holes round it. Now, uh, whenever I read this out, I always feel really guilty, as you know, but tonight I'm not going to because you lot in here are living proof that actually um, it's worthwhile doing. But And I should also, so it's lovely to be able to sit here personally and thank you all for being Patreon members and being part of the Discord group. We uh, we are truly not worthy, but uh, it, I'm very appreciative of it. it. Believe it or not, it does cost a little bit of money to put these on, so it really does help. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, the other thing, of course, is if you do become a Patreon, A, you become an automatic member of the Discord group and you can chat with these lovely people 24 7 there i mean honestly i go to bed and i wake up in the morning and there's like hundreds of messages they've all been talking to each other all night it's crazy that's the that's the joy of having it with people all over the world of course uh but also you are entitled to if you want one a mini kerry dixon banner a replica of the banner that uh Hangs proudly in the Matthew Harding end in honour of uh, one Kerry Dixon. So it's, uh, I, I mean, you know, donate what you want, a couple of quid, quid, I don't care, you know, as little or as much as you want. There are no tears or anything like that, so it's all fairly simple. Um, if you want to send in an email, as I know you do, we love reading them out. Very, very easy. Get them in by a Sunday night to chelseafancast at com or, or any of the other channel. We've got a, a platform on the Discord group where you can fire in questions as well. So there's loads of places to do that. Now, I need to thank uh, first our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful guests who have joined us from Patreon and Discord tonight and actually made this show a huge ton of fun to do. I, I, don't, I, I, I won't speak for the other boys, but I really enjoyed it tonight. It's lovely to see you all, number one, but it's also lovely to actually talk to you and hear what you have to say and, and, and hopefully try and answer some of your questions. So in no particular order... A lovely, lovely thank you to Brian, Brian Justman, to Kenroy, to Laws, to the lovely Claire, to the legend that is Mr Stick, also known as Brandon uh, and Mr Stick. Keep going on the Discord group. You are just, you are a for, You are to the Discord group what J.K. is to the Chelsea fan cast, mate. And that is a compliment before either of you ask. So there you go. The lovely Yarin, uh, Jason from Atlanta, the brilliant Daryl, who I have to say is sporting a. A Sabutio Canner's t-shirt. Just to let you know, Daryl, I got mine in the post today. I haven't had time to put it on, though. So go and get yourself one of those people uh, in aid of Paul Cannaville who needs all the help we can get them moment. Aren't they brilliant? Aren't they fantastic, those t-shirts? They're brilliant, aren't they? Little Sabutio yeah, canners. Good quality. They're, yeah, good they quality. are. They're very nice. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling the width, as they say. Uh, so there you go. Lovely to see Daryl. Great old mate of ours. Uh, lovely to see Chev for the first time. I've actually got to see Chev. Great to see you. And, of course, Paul, who I've known for a long time now. It's great to see him. Uh, the one hope I have is, wouldn't it be great if we could all do this in a pub one day and have a few drinks and actually be in the same room as each other When this bloody thing is over and we're all allowed back, I'm absolutely determined to have a big live show and a party in one of the local pubs near the ground. And hopefully you can all come to that too, even if you're from abroad. We'll get you over there somehow. So there you go. So thank you for joining us. You've made it a really special show tonight. But of course, what's made it even more special is the fact that we've had the wonderful Liam Toomey from The Athletic on tonight, who's been brilliant with his answers today. I mean, Liam, you're you're a star, mate. Really appreciate it.
3: Always a pleasure to be here, Chidge. Thanks, guys. Yeah,
0: it's lovely to see you, mate. You take care. Thank you. And of course, the legend, the Housewife's Choice, the goalkeeping expert, and my my very close friend, the dear Clayton Beerman.
5: It's, it's been a
0: huge amount of fun. Uh, unfortunately, I can think of one housewife who's not going to choose me this evening. Yeah. Can you can you please tell Can you please tell Ange that it was Jonathan's fault? All right. Yes, I will do. It was all Jonathan's fault. It's I mean, lovely to see do lovely I... to see all these guys. Yeah, wasn't it really, just, really special. Wasn't it just absolutely lovely to see you too, mate? I'll see you soon. And uh, last, save the best till last, they say, the absolute humdinger of a lunatic, the wonderful Jonathan Kidd.
1: Oh, geez. that's the that's the kindest words you've ever said to me. Ever, think? in fact. Yeah. I ever. know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And I won't retract it. Everybody can witness that. Thank you so much.
0: I think wow. everybody who's been on the show tonight can actually genuinely see how much love I have for you no okay if fair enough no
1: none at all yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah mate good to see you as always
1: um as great, they say everybody yeah. thank you so much really good great questions and thank you lovely yeah. evening brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff brilliant. Brilliant. right Love you all Huge you life. know
0: you all know you can follow the show on twitter at chelsea fancast me at stanford cheers jonathan at jonathan kidd Clayton at goalie 59 and liam at liam underscore to me Yes, I, I remembered it because, as you can see, I forgot to write that in the script, so I'm having to rely on my memory. Uh, and, of course, we're Chelsea, at Chelsea Fancast everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Uh, thank you all so much for listening, especially uh, to the uh, rather somewhat ignored Mixler people who have been listening tonight because I haven't had time to really check that out. There's been so much going on here, but we love seeing you in there, as you know. So thank you for listening. See you on Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea.
8: Yeah.